Blog Talk Radio. Here in this life, here in this life, you gotta do something. Don't settle for nothing. Here in this life, here in this life, you gotta do something. Don't settle for nothing. Uh, these evil people are wreaking the foul odor. It's Blitz and Khalif, the king of Cordoba. Wake up, no folders. I'll call it the four soldiers. Strong soldiers in sight to get moved boulders. Father the laws, the ancient Quran told us. Interpretations of Bible scriptures erroneous. Here's the gospel of Paul for God's audience. Probably why bastards are inglorious. Won't stop to the moors of victorious. Cause I roll with nothing but straight warriors. Pay attention to how phony his story is. Our story is real big, notorious. The signs of the time bear me warning us. To get up off our bum and do more for us. Cause if we don't do something, cause it's showing up. We'll end up back and back of the auto bus. Like pyramids and walls, no section Blocking out the weak, unreceptive These are just my thoughts, I give you my perception Put it in perspective, then in motion, then check it Governed by the laws that equalize to perfection Walking on walls like that movie Inception Positive inclination, that's the direction Your stagnation, I'm a rise to the occasion Constant elevation along with patience Made me a maven, prominent, dominant Conglomerate with common sense 5% Islamic, bomb beats like Hiroshima Carry the crown, call me Elohim A god, son, beg your pardon Excuse me for confusions that may portray the illusions Delusions of grandeur, cause I am much more than I used to
Peace, peace. You are now tuned into another episode of Masterminds with Brother Shemel. And I'm really, really, really excited about this episode. This is one of those episodes I've been anticipating for a, a while now. And um, apparently there's been a lot of people who have been anticipating this as well. So I'm going to actually just give the description, and, and then I'm just going to go into some things before we bring in our esteemed guests for tonight. Um, the title of this is One-on-One with Sharif Aniel Bay. And on this episode, we will be talking with renowned martial artist, author, and scholar, Sharif Aniel Bay. Sharif will be discussing his latest book entitled Elixir Sagala. I hope I pronounced that right. Portable Illumination for the Moorish American, as well as speaking on topics such as Moorish science and bioenergetics. This should be interesting. The significance of the number seven in relation to the circle seven, comparative analysis of the circle seven and the pyramid text of Unas, the Gnosis of Ought, and much, much more. Um, if I chop up some words, forgive me. But as promised, you will be hearing from one of the most influential masterminds in more science. Um, by far a mental juggernaut in this movement. Um, so I know you're in for a treat. And he, will, our esteemed guest, will be coming on shortly. Um, but before we go in and bring him in, what I want to do first and foremost is just touch on some um, some key things. First, um, as always, first and foremost, um, give all praise and gratitude to the Most High. Give honors, high honors to all those masterminds who came before us, whether you refer to them as prophets, messiahs. Uh, give honors to each and every one of you on this call. Giving special honors to um, the First World Order family um, in general, in particular, uh, my brother, Dr. Aleem El Bay, and his other half, Kadira El Bay. Um, surely I'm, I'm about to go into an announcement of an upcoming event we're having this month. Uh, also, want to give honors to the brothers and Ali's men. Got to do that because um, I got a fellow, fellow comrade, um, Brother Sharif and Ali's men. Want to give honors to, without question, my home temple in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, give honors to um, all of the Moors there, in particular, my grand sheik, Brother Robert Stone L., um, who was on the show last week. And, you know, I give him, I really am appreciative of him getting on and demonstrating and uh, breathing that holy breath on our last show entitled Religious Controversy. Um, again, thank you, each and every one of you who have been continually supporting um, Mastermind show. Um, I see that the second week in a row, um, that Wiser But Weaker episode is getting a lot of listens. So, again, thank you all. Appreciate it. Did not forget, um, website's coming soon, shemel.com. Be on the lookout for that. Send the works. will be coming. Also, 
um, you'll be able on that website. You'll be able to get um, my literature, my books, my videos, um, as well as other products, T-shirts, um, posters as well. Um, in the meantime, if you're interested, okay, my for those who don't know, the titles: What is the Highest Self? Uh, who is Elohim? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, of course, Higher Self, Lower Self, True Transformation. That one, which is uh, actually three DVDs, that's out. All of that's available. If you're interested in getting any of those um, items or more, you can reach out to me currently via my Facebook page, um, Shemel. You just go on there, type that up. Or you can reach at me on my email, which is Shem45 at Hotmail.com. That's S-H-E-M 45 at Hotmail.com. Let's see. What else? Oh. Upcoming events. So there is an upcoming event in the great state of North Carolina where Noble Drolley was born in the year 1886, specifically in the city of Wilson. November 18th is called the Know Thyself Community Summit. And on the lineup, there will be yours truly, of course, um, Dr. Aleem El-Bay, Sister Kadira El-Bay, my Grand Sheik, Grand Sheik Robert Stone L, will also be demonstrating on nationality, Um, and Brother Aqua L, as well as um, another young brother, um, very, very knowledgeable on agriculture. His name is um, Brother Jason, Jason Lindsay, and definitely it's going to be a, a great Great event to attend if you're in the area. It will actually be in Wilson um, at the Pender Street Center from noon to 6 p.m. So, again, that is November 18th. That's on a Saturday, Pender Street Center, Wilson, North Carolina. If you're in, um, have your face in the place if you're in the area, and that's from 12 to 6 p.m. Um, there'll also be musical guests. Can't forget uh, my brothers and sisters out there who's actually hosting the event. Um, um, the group is entitled Me and My, um, Brother Haru and the sister Chestnut. Um, honest to them for putting it together and inviting me to um, present there. So I think that's about, well, okay, so let me let me just touch on some things real quick about this book right here. And for those who on the chat, I did post the link um, for the book on Amazon. I'm telling you right now, if you do not have this book, you need to get this book. It is a must-read. It is a must-have in your library, in your archives. Um, if you consider yourself um, a more scientist or just a seeker of knowledge, packed with information, definitely on point, and let me spell it out for you, for those, if you have not seen the actual title of the book, um, it's called Aliska Sagala, and I'll spell it out, that's A-L hyphen I-K-S-I-R, Aliska, Elixir, let me get it right, Elixir, Sagala, that's S-A-G-A-L-A. 
portable illumination for the Moorish Americans. And I just want to give, well, before I even get into the book, let me get into uh, my guest who I will be interviewing. First and foremost, um, I've been knowing this brother um, for years, for quite some time. Um, we work together um, in relationship to Ali's men, as well as Operation Proclamation. Good brother, very good brother. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with this man, all you got to do is go on YouTube and type him up. Sharif Bay, this is the man who is um, popularly known for just putting the beat, intellectual beat down um, in the debate on April 10th of last year. And the brother is a wealth of knowledge, very humble, very approachable. Um, what else can I say? Let me let me let me get the the formal introduction. Sharif Aniel Bay is a Moorish American researcher and lecturer on Moorish American history, theology, and cultural heritage. As a member of the Moorish Science Temple of America, he's a leader of a Moorish American community in Syracuse, New York, and is a founding member of Ali's Men, a Moorish American research team and think tank. Um, and that's just scratching the surface. Um, this brother here um, is tied into um, so much in terms of what he's involved to. He's a martial artist, um, hunger. Um, let me see. And he may want to talk about that. Um, let's go into, you know, he's um, developed unified field fitness, which is a transpersonal functional spirituality, and we definitely want to talk into that unified field fitness um, course, excellent research. He's done presentations with um, the renowned Dr. Wesley Muhammad of the Nation of Islam. Of course, he's a co-founder of Operation Proclamation, which deals with urban political capitalism, um, as well as also co-founder of Beit El Amexum. Um, which deals with the ancient and primitive right. If he wants to, we can talk about that as well. I can just go on for a good 30 to 45 minutes speaking about what this brother has brought to the movement, the Moorish movement, in terms of his wealth of knowledge, his contributions, and just really being in the defense of disinformation, being in the defense of more science, um, as was given to us through Prophet Noble Drali, and that's that says a lot. So, without further ado, I'm a, I can gap all day, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my ad libs, my legal ad libs, and let him just bring out bring out the boss for you. Just come through, let him take it on through. None other than my brother, your brother. Brother Sharif Aniel Bay, Islam. Islam, dear brother, how's the brother? I'm well. I'm well. How you doing, brother? I'm well, man. Praise Allah. Um, I wanna, um, I wanna. Let me start by rising and giving praise to Allah and honor to the last prophet in these days and times that He sent, Prophet Noble Drali, Savior of Humanity. Love made manifest so that men can comprehend. I wanna give honors to His strategy 
um, for uplifting fallen humanity and as the Morris Science Symbol of America. And um, Gavon is all past and present leadership of the Morris Science Symbol of America, all past and present members of the Morris Science Symbol of America. I want to give honors to um, my brothers and comrades of Ali's men. I want to give honors to um, all of yourself and your show and all of the listeners on the show, brother. Uh, that was a that was a that was a crazy intro. <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm humbled. I'm humbled, bro. <laughs> well, brother, humbled. I had to but bring I, you in right. I gotta say this, but I gotta say this, Mo. I gotta say this. You know, and you know, your your work. You know, it's your literary work is powerful, brother man. I mean, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I gotta I gotta say this as you were talking. I was thinking. I'm like. There was a time, and I know you, you you can feel me on this. There was a time when we, you know, coming up in this movement, young, were would 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 we would do some we would do some crazy things just to get our hands on some literature. You know what I mean? True. Just to get our Back. hands on some stuff that 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 spoke that spoke on any of these topics or or, or dealt delved in 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 depth into the ideas. And the thoughts on nationality, on 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 Islamism, on you know any of these things, because the literature just was not available to us, or just wasn't being produced. So praise Allah, here we are, years later, and we could be the message. You know, we can, you know, we put in, you know, due diligence to where we can give back. We we can make sure that others coming up don't have the issues that we had coming up. You know what I mean? Indeed. Indeed, Mo, and um, definitely, I appreciate gratitude for that. And and yes, what you just said inspired me to ask you this question because, yes, I mean, sir. I really wanted when we talked before. I said we was gonna go and and just ask questions on the on the book. Um, what I would like to mm. do, if you don't mind, I would like to ask you mm. if you can give give an introduction to those. I know a lot of people know who are listening know you. Some people do not. Give an introduction to your story and your journey and what brought you to this point, because I know you have an interesting story. How did it start? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) No doubt. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll share, you know, I'm going to share, I'll share quite a bit with you on the show, brother, including some things that I haven't really shared about myself, you know, as far as growing and developing into where I am and who I am and where I am now. I, um, you know, as my, the first time I heard the name Noble Juali, I was seven years old. I was seven years old. Mm. I um, we were back in L.A. Like I was born out west. I was born in Long Beach, California, and then came to live with my father at age four in New York. And then three years later, um, was back in L.A. with my mother, who had joined the Nation of Islam. During the time period where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was 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 present, and we were members of at the time they called them temples, but now they call mosques. But it was Mosque uh, Twenty Seven, Los Angeles, California, and I did first and second grade at the University of Islam there. So every wow. morning that we did prayer drill, and you know those lessons, you know the supreme wisdom lessons or whatever. I mean. It's 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 kind of like in my DNA, you know, and um, right. yeah, you know, because first and second grade, that's what we did, and then every Saturday was FOI class. So at age six, age seven, or age seven, age eight, that's what we did, you know. And so it's kind of wild, but 
that's when I first heard the name Noble Jolly. You know, I didn't understand the significance, but it's just crazy to know that I hear that name at age seven and here I am today. It's wild, you know. So then later in years, um, you know, um, I moved back to live with my father. We were sent back to live with my father, who later became a Christian minister with a doctorate in theology. So now I'm, you know, just just because that's just what it was, I'm I'm learning that now. And, and that's what I'm learning and practicing and being brought up under. Um, of course, the rebellious teens, late teens came along, you know, and, and so I found myself um, in the company of the 5% Nation. So I'm studying, so I'm, I'm at a law school, you know, in Mecca and, and, and um, with a number of the other older brothers and, and some of my other contemporaries as well. And so, but I sped through that because I already had those lessons on my dial plate, you know what I mean? The only right. thing that I didn't have was supreme mathematics and supreme alphabet, which, again, I took to that, you know, you know, very eagerly. And so, of course, you know, you know, knowing, you know, you know, studying these lessons and then discussing them with each other. And, you know, it, 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 it fires this hunger for more knowledge, for more information, you know. And so um, I um, as a matter of fact, it was years of that that led me. In other directions, for instance, um, a self-study of the of the Hebrew or Jewish mystic tradition that people would call Kabbalah, that came literally from. Um, it started with me just exploring the possibilities and the ideas of how we dealt with supreme mathematics and supreme alphabet, and it made sense. Wow. Like, wait a minute, this is. In a sense, an English Kabbalah, a very simple English Kabbalah, and you know, because what we're doing is we're looking at we're we're, we're we're analyzing words and phrases and letters numerically, and then developing or look learning to look into them more deeply from a numerical perspective to derive deeper meaning, which in essence is. You know the study of uh, a part of the study of Kabbalah called gematria. So right. that, of course, led, led me into 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 researching and studying these things. You know, from you know from a self study perspective, um, and you know, of course, other things like Freemasonry and things like that. Again, this is all self study for years. I um, was initiated, passed, and raised um, into Freemasonry and the Scottish Rite. In 1990, I think 95, 95. But before then, let me back up. I first heard about the Moorish movement, per se, um, as a a freshman in college. And one of my good, good friends and brothers and comrades to this day, you know, know, we're still very close. But it was through this brother who we came up with in the the, the 5% Nation. And that's Brother Nakeem Bay of the Clock of Destiny Order. And so it was through him and another brother, he and another brother introduced me to the movement. That brother's name is uh, Brother Raleem Salahuddin in um, New York City in Harlem. And so that's how I first heard of the movement. Um, and that, and um, that was in, 90, in 1990, in 1990. And then in 19, summer of 1991, I traveled out to Cleveland, Ohio, with one of my close friends and associates, who's also 
um, a native of Cleveland, Ohio. And he found a student of Brother um, C.M. Bay still teaching at the time. He operated what's called the Morris American Institute or the Morris Circle of Mothers and Sons. And that was the late J. Johnson Bay. So we studied right. under the late J. Johnson Bay and passed their course. You know, they had an int- uh, a course, a study course, passed their course, and um, became members of the uh, Morris Circle of Mothers and Sons. Um, during that time period, you know, which is, I mean, this is the subject of another show, so I'll, I'll be very brief. You know, our understanding of the Moorish movement at the time was very, very, very severely tainted by a number by two things. Number one, a misunderstanding of CM Bay's teaching. Let me just put it out there. It was a misunderstanding of CM Bay's teaching that was exacerbated by the by the early influence of the European sovereign citizen ideals and tactics. Basically what we did is that we thought that CM Bay was basically trying to say that the Moors were not subject to the law, and we had our own law, and so we found ideologies that agreed with that, and so we got our hands on sovereign citizen literature. So, in large, in in, 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 a, in a large part, myself and a number of my other colleagues are responsible for a lot of this, you know, being taken as Moorish today. A lot of this stuff that's not Moorish being taken as Moorish today. So, I had to put that out there as well. And then um, praise Allah. In two thousand, yeah. I mean, we you know, praise Allah survived that because we did some crazy stuff. Uh, we did we did a lot of crazy things, and I firmly believe that it was because we were sincere. We thought we were doing the right thing that you know still has us on the manifest. To be honest with you, but in in two thousand, um, I uh, joined um, the Moorish Science Temple of America, the group um, led by the brother Rasadiel. That was in the summer of 2000. Um, I raised uh, a study group that later became a temple here in Syracuse, New York, under him. I ended up leaving. Um, I left that group in, I think, 2007, 2006, 2007. Yes, sir. But I'm um, also, I'll back up again real quick. I've uh, in the late 90s, I became involved um, in a number of other initiate, initiatory bodies. Um, one, as you mentioned, was um, the um, ancient and primitive rite of Memphis Mizraim, which is uh, Egyptian rite Freemasonry. Also, a number of other um, a number of other esoteric bodies that have their roots in Haiti, Spain, Haiti and Spain, actually. Yeah, Haiti and Spain. So, um, you know, I've, I've been involved in a couple of things. <laughs> I've been involved in a few things. But I'll say this. I'll say this. And I say it unreservedly. And that was one of the main reasons why I wrote this book, Elixir Sagala, is that thing that I learned in a number of these high orders is contained in those 64 pages called the Holy Quran of the Morris Science Symbol of America. And myself and my colleagues can prove this at no limit of time. If what I learned in those other organizations was greater or deeper than what I have learned and I'm still learning in the Morris Science Symbol of America, that's where I'd be. 
that's where I'd be. So that book, you know, in essence is is a a um example. You know, it it's an example of the richness and the deepness of the prophet's teaching and the density of it that he could put all of these ideas and secrets in a small pamphlet of sixty four pages. Indeed, indeed, brother. And um and that's a beautiful thing and that that's one thing I tell people. The beauty of more science is the fact yes, that sir. it's a completion. Um just yes, as you just told your your story and your journey, I told mm-hmm. many people my story, my journey, and my path through different schools, as I like to say, different yes, schools of thought yes, brought sir. me to this point. And yes, sir. What Noble Drali was able to do was to make it so simple. That's the beauty of yeah. it. <laughs> he made yeah. it so simple. And um yes, I wanted you you made you stated something. I want to ask you a question, kind of take you back a little bit. Because sure. um I asked you about what brought you to more science. Now you, you mentioned your first introduction, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, was yes, through through the teachers of CM Bay. It, as far as you yes, acted t- Okay Now if I may ask you What attracted you To That The, the teachers of CM Bay And to be involved Through that um, Through that perspective Okay well I'll be, Again I'll be very candid You know The brother Nakeem And the brother Raleem These are brothers that Like You know We looked up to Like You know They were like like they were at that border between being big brothers and elders to us. You know what I'm saying? At that time right. period. And so I mean the the highest thing to us at that time was, you know, what we were what we were studying and espousing in the um Fopsin nation. You know, and so we were like so so to run into, you know, to, to listen and we looked up to these brothers. So when these brothers said, Oh, you know what, there's something else you know what I mean? We're like, wait, wait, right. wait, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean something else? There's something bigger than this? There can't be nothing better than this. And so when to see how they revered it, that was the, to be honest, that was the initial attraction. It's like, wait a minute. If, right. if they're saying that this is this is big or bigger, then you know what? I, we, we need to be a part of that. We need to see what's up with this. And they were making it easy. They were like, ah, you got to do this first. They, they made us jump through a few hoops, you know, gave it a more of an air of exclusivity, which, again, piqued our curiosity even stronger. So that summer of 91, when my brother, um, when my brother, you know, Sovereign Bay, that's what he, he went by at the time, Sovereign Bay, when he calls me up and says, man, I'm here in, in, in Ohio, in Cleveland, and I found one of CMBay's students. He has a school here. I'm like, what? So, so to us, I, to me, man, listen, I did the John the Baptist demonstration. Why must I wait? I jumped on, I jumped on the first thing smoking to to, to Cleveland, Ohio, you know, and so, um, that's that was the initial thing, one, and then the second thing was this, and this is deep. In the in the five percent nation, you know, we, you know, you have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and the next is culture, freedom, and in the, in, the, in the mathematics. One of the things that the 5% nation prides itself on is self-leadership and everybody's a leader. Okay, but when everybody's a leader, 
when everyone's a leader and you don't go out and create a body to function, you know, that leader's ideas and put them on the ground, then nothing ever really gets done. And that is a crutch. You know, that is an issue in the fatherless nation, you know, largely. You see what I'm saying? And so right. we looked at this whole Moorish thing at that time. Like, wait a minute, this is the next step. This is culture freedom. Well, we can actually put it on the ground. We can actually put something on the ground and make it work. You know, we can make this thing walk and breathe. And so that was the next attraction. Like, wow, okay, this is the next thing. This is the next big step, you see? And so then, then, you know, just the whole idea of, which was a, a misconception at the time, we were young, little young gunslingers, the misconception was, I don't got to listen to nobody. I'm, I can truly be, you know, we used to say, I self Lord and Master in the name, in, in, in the Fob Sin Nation. And then I'm running into brothers with Fez on saying, I self Law and Master. So it was an easy transition. It was like, wait a minute, I'm the law? I can do whatever I want? So <laughs> that was, yeah, that was being honest. That was the next, you know, that was the, that was the attraction. You know, that was the attraction. It, that, that is an indicator you know, in the larger sense, is an indicator of where our development was. We were still savages in the pursuit of happiness, you know? Right. That's what we were. We were still savages. It's like, in other words, I'm thinking that freedom comes absent responsibility still, you know? And that's a social, that's a, that's a social juvenile that believes that, that there's no responsibilities, you know, attached to freedoms and rights. You know, so right. that's what it was, right. brother. And and like I said, praise Allah from 1991 to 2000 and something, you know, I survived. These are the foolishness, you know, that, that you know, praise Allah that I survived that foolishness because we did some crazy praise stuff. And, yes, sir. <laughs> but, yeah, Indeed, that was the attraction. Praise Allah. Yes, sir. Indeed. Thank Yes, sir. So I, I I'm seeing it now. I'm getting the picture of what you're trans you're transitioning through those um, different degrees, if you will, of learning. Yes, sir. And um, yes, sir. So bringing it to full circle, circle seven, bringing it to full circle. Now that you're yes, sir. Now that you're at where you're at, and we're going to get yes, to sir. the the book. Um, yes, sir. Yes, I want to add. You did mention um, pretty much. Um, the initial reason what brought you to make the book, to produce the book, write yes, the book, and um, publish the book. Yes, sir. Uh, why yes, sir. the title? Because I'm, I'm going to sell. I'm going to uh, before we get into the the meat of the book. I'm going to tell you, yes. of course, you know the way you have the word spelled, elis, um, elixir, right? Yes, Which sir. is phonetically similar to elixir, e l i x i r. I saw yes, I saw the the relation, the parallel, and Sagala, yeah, and I did look it up. Um, but I want you to, to basically go into and tell the people why that title. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, you know the term elixir, which by the way, e l x i r e l i x i r, you know, is just the English derivative of the the Arabic a l hyphen you know, I-K-S-I-R. So it's, it's, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. And 
you know, elixir just in a general sense, I'll just be very general about it, you know, you know, is a is a concoction or a mixture or whatever or, or whatever that transforms. You know, to be very right. general about it, it's a, it's a preparation that transforms and to be more specific, it transforms something from the base or the gross level to the noble or perfected level. That that right. that's what it you know you know that's what an elixir is or that's what it denotes, you know. And then the term sagala, you know, is um, it, there's a. I I try. I'll be honest, but I mean, I put a lot even in the title. I for those that are really seekers of the truth, really seekers. In other words, tillers. You know, you know those that are miners as opposed to just tilling the soil. You know what I mean. Yes. I put a lot. I, I tried my best to put a lot of things right in plain view for those that are true seekers of the truth. So if you looked up, if anybody who got the book and they looked up the term Sagala, you know, then um, pre- hopefully they can. Ho- hopefully they found some personal, th- some jewels that 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 personally, you know. Um, influenced them, and they found through that they found an elixir that would transform their thinking. So you know the term sagala, um, you know, is a word that I pulled from the Dogon priesthood. You know, in, you know, in Mali, and it and what it was was a word that they used to describe um, Sirius B, which is a white dwarf. Which, by the way, they yeah. knew about thousands and thousands of years, and long before the Western world caught up. The Western world caught up in the year 1970 when they invented the radio telescope. That's when they found out star system was a binary star system. But the the doggone priests knew it for thousands of years. Not just that, but they knew other details, which is again where the word Tagala comes from, or is derived for. You know, it's to describe the density of the material of Sirius B. The density of Sirius B is so dense that a teaspoon of it would drop straight to the center of the earth. And it's so dense that they consider it a metal. That's, wow. you know, so, and they call that Sagala. Now, the significance of it is, as you know, anybody who's a, who's a, um, a, a physics buff or a quantum physics buff, you know, you know, with some of the latest discoveries you know, about the nature of gravity. Gravity, if it distorts space-time, right, if it can distort space-time, then, which is what it does, that's what gravity does, it distorts space-time. If it distorts space-time, it can distort, it's distorting manifest reality. Bottom line, that's it. If it distorts space-time, it distorts the three-dimensional plane. That's what it does. It distorts the plane of manifest. It can influence or change or modify the plane of manifest. So what you have with the serious with the serious B is something so dense that the naked eye can't see it, but nevertheless, it still has an effect on manifest reality with the people on Earth. You know? That's that's powerful there. Yes. Yes, you, yes, sir. Yes, and I and I know because I have the book. I know you you put it in. You put so much in the book 
um, yes, sir. just by your the the imagery, the 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 symbols and everything in there. And yes, sir. I mean, we we honestly, truth be told, we can't cover this in two hours, but we're going to try to do as much <laughs> as we can. But I want to I want to say this um, yes, to your point about elixir. Um, yes, sir. In the title itself, in general, um, yes, sir. That brings to mind chapter seventeen of the Circle Seven, where mm. where it yes, speaks sir. about transforming from human flesh to flesh divine. So, yes, you know, in the aspect of um, basically the will of man uh, making possible yes. the action of the holy breath. Um, yes, sir. You know the essence being quickened by the holy breath, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. So when you talk about actually, you know, taking the gross matter into the into the finer, you know, that's yes, literally what each of us, you know, in more science yes. is should be striving to do, you know. Yes, sir. In terms of taking that yes. elixir, and that's why it gravitated yes, to me. I, I connected to it so easily. Now I want to ask you. Um, the first one of the first points we mentioned in the description was more science and bioenergetics. First of all, yes, sir. <laughs> what is what the heck is bioenergetics, and how does bioenergetics relate to more science? Yes, sir. All right, powerful. That's a that's <laughs> that's such a loaded question and such a deep question. Um. Let me start by saying this, and, and it relates, all of this stuff interrelates in so many different ways. Let me start by saying this. Um, this past Sunday school, I was teaching in, in, in our Sunday school, and uh, I'm sorry, the Holy Day meeting, and I was talking about our idea of religion. We said, what is our religion? Islamism. That's the new, the old-time religion, old-time religion. And so, and I, I used a quote from Tom Cruise in the movie The Last Samurai, and he was writing about watching the, the, the Japanese samurai villages. And he said there every waking moment and every activity is a pursuit in perfection. So in other words, the, the way they see religion, religion and culture are like inseparable point where you can almost say their religion is their culture. It's their right. way of life. In other words, their religious tenets and creed permeate every part of their being and activity. But now, why that sounds so strange to us is that in the West, you know, being subject to the European psychology, even religion has been secularized, meaning it's just something you do one or two days out of the week. You see what I'm saying? And and, yep. and, and and that it's been spookified. It's like, yeah, it's you know, it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. But now let's 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 real quick, let's look at it and, and this is a fault of many Moorish Americans because we're still suffering from the damage of European psychology. You know, you'll hear people say, Oh, well I wasn't five percent of now I'm doing the Moorish thing. I'm a more whoa, 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 whoa. That's like an Italian saying Oh, well, I used to play football, but now I'm Italian now. I'm doing the Italian. <laughs> what? You, you see what I'm saying? When was he right. ever not Italian? When was he ever not Italian? Exactly. You see? 
Right. And so, in other words, we fail, even many of us as Moorish Americans, we fail to drink the Kool-Aid. We fail to take the elixir and allow it to transform us. We put it on like a coat. You see what I'm saying? Right. And that, that's a big, big problem. And so with the whole thing with bioenergetics, here it is. There's a book. I'll give everybody a jewel. There's a book um, called The Tao of Bioenergetics. The Tao of Bioenergetics, that's T-A-O of Bioenergetics. Now, I, you know, you know me as a martial artist, Chinese martial artist, a big part of our training is Chinese medicine. And so um, the, 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 the guy's name is Kachmer who wrote the book. And anyway, what he does is something I don't think has ever been done in print. He does a very detailed comparative analysis between Eastern bioenergetic models and Western bioenergetic models. And one of the things that he does, the big he draws a huge distinction. In the East, bioenergetics, in other words, is the study genetic or the more subtle body in the human in the human the human organism. And what he does, he demonstrates that in the East, these things weren't so secret. They weren't as secretive. But in the West, there was a huge amount of secrecy. So it's very difficult to find, you know, you know, bioenergetic material coming out of the West. It was held very, very secret. And and of course, who you know, it was it was made secret. It was driven underground because of um, religious intolerance. That religious intolerance came in the form of the Roman Catholic Church and the Inquisition. So you've got, follow me. You've got. Let's take Kabbalah. There was a, there was a very famous or well known European Kabbalist by the name of um, Albert Schutz. He wrote a number of books. Um, you'll you'll find them in the bibliography of my book. But Albert Schutz, um, you know, he's a Jew, he's a European Jew. He did a ton of research just for himself about Kabbalah, but he could never find. He could never find – he knew that there was a, what they would call an operative, an operative Kabbalah teaching, but he could never find anything beyond the philosophical, this philosophy. And when he would ask elders, they would either say they know nothing about it or they would say, I can't talk about it. What he did – follow this. What he did, he started to think. He goes, okay, where am I going to find information on this. So he realized he had to go back in a time period when the Jews were not so persecuted and find a place where they were not so persecuted. You know where it led him, brother? It led him to Istanbul, Turkey. It led him to a Sufi order called the Bektashi Sufi. And it was through them that he discovered or rediscovered the operative Kabbalah. In other words, the Kabbalah for your body. For your body. In other words, it transforms you. It transforms. It's not just cool stuff to recite and talk about. Right. It actually right. transforms your body. 
So like you mentioned before about, about the, the program or the, or the, the protocol I developed called uni, uh, Unified Field Fitness, what it is is operative spirituality, operative as opposed to speculative. I'll, I'll reveal something yeah. else too. When you hear people in, in, in the craft and Freemasonry talk about speculative Freemasonry as opposed to operative. Operative does not mean you build physical buildings. That's not what it means. Speculative Freemasonry relates to relates to the building and the space where you operate being symbolic. Operative right. Freemasonry means that the building that you are operating in is your body. Temple of That's Perfected Man. Temple of Perfected Man, brother. That's what it means. So chapter 17, I'm glad you brought that up. Chapter 17 is literally talking about bioenergetics. Alchemy, the study of alchemy as it relates to the human body is the study of bioenergetics. Where it says, in, 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 where Jesus says, you know, in, in the flesh of man, there exists the essence of the resurrection of dead of the dead. This essence quickened by the holy breath will raise the substance of the body to a higher tone and make it like the the the, the, the bodies of the, or the substance of the bodies, not you know that I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But my point is that those few verses in chapter seventeen, my brother, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir to you on this, but this is for the listeners. Those two chapters yes. are a very short, dense, dense, dense. Um, um, instruction on alchemy, flat out. Right. Even to the right. term which says that um, um, this essence cannot be quickened by the holy breath until the fix is solved. Fix is solved. The body must disintegrate, yeah. and this is death. So when it says the fix is solved, what does that mean? Well, any alchemist, any alchemist who's not a Moorish American, who's not a member of the Moorish Science Civil America, when they hear that term, it, it, you may not know anything about it. But if you're talking to somebody and somebody's in around you that's an alchemist, right, or a high degree yeah. Freemason, and you say and you say those words, the substance, this essence, cannot be quickened by the Holy Breath until the fix is solved. The body must disintegrate, and this is death. They are going to automatically recognize you as a master without portfolio on their level, just from saying those words. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they know that one of the the, the biggest Call sign in medieval alchemy is a Latin phrase that says solve et coagula, which means to solve what is the way that they recognize each other. And to solve what is fixed means what? It means to dissolve and then recombine and reassemble. That's what the phrase means. And that's exactly what's being described in that chapter, right? The body yeah. must disintegrate, and this is death. And upon these pliant substances, Allah breathes just as He breathes on on the on the um on the deep when the when the worlds are formed, and life springs forth from death. Carnal forms change to form divine. That carnal form is recomposed. You see what I'm saying? And so, yes. man, that's just a powerful lesson. It's such a powerful lesson. But it's said in a few short words, but you get the essence of it. You know, in plain language, it's not even tricked up. And so bioenergetics, right, is the study of the body's energy and how that energy, first on a base level, learning how it, how it, how it 
motivates and moves, nourishes and energizes the flesh. How it nourishes right. and energizes the flesh. And then later, so that's the first stage. The second stage is how that energy can be amplified to transform the body. Right. That is the stuff, and I'll just be very clear. These, this is the type of information that the Catholic Church so aggressively and vigorously suppressed. This is, is this knowledge that was at the core of the beef between the European Templars and Freemasons and Catholicism. This is the core of the beef. Why those? Because the Templars received a large portion. I'm just saying it flat out. The Templars received a large portion of old medieval Moorish Moorish culture for safekeeping. And the Freemasons the same. And why the beef with the Roman Catholic Church? The beef chapter prophet the prophet Noble Drawley teaches in chapter forty six said that the that the origins of Christianity started in Rome. Teaches later in chapter forty eight, therefore returning the church of Christianity back to the European nations. We're not condemning it, we're just giving it back to them. As it was founded by their forefathers for their earthly and divine salvation or their earthly salvation and pardon. In other words, it was a worldview that borrowed from our brother and the prophet Jesus. It borrowed from him. And they, 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 you know, they did their thing to it to make it more unique to them. And it was put there for their social and economic benefit for them to rule the world for the first time in history. But to do that, ours, as Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, it, put it had to go to sleep. Our worldview had to go bye-bye. It had to go dormant. And that is the core right. of the beef. That is the core of the beef right there between the Templars and later the Freemasons and the Roman Catholic Church. There's an order that people can look up just out of curiosity, because a lot of Europeans that were that were um, Roman that Roman Catholic began to join Freemasonry, and they took that as an alarming issue. So what they did is they formed an order of their own. Of course, the Knights of Columbus, but within the Knights of Columbus, they formed another order. And that order is literally. <laughs> you ready? Are you familiar with the order? I'm sure you're gonna tell me. I'm, I'm the order. The order is called the Order of Alhambra, brother. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. They wear All white right. fezes. It's called the Order of Alhambra. Anybody can Google it. But the but the but the Roman Catholic Church, the Knights of Columbus, um, created this order. They created the order to stop cremation. Hmm. But back on the topic of bioenergetics, this is the operative side. You see, this was the operative side of the craft. And it, it was these, this stuff was, oh my goodness, if you knew anything about this, your head got chopped off, you got burnt to the stake, any of that. You see? And so they suppressed it. Now, what's very interesting is that the European Western magical tradition, you know, with this, there's some very fairly well known and astute scholars in that field. One is, but his name is James Wasserman. Another one is Angel Miller. These guys are still around. They're in the New York area, and they've written a number of books. Wasserman's book, um, "The Kingdom of Heaven," um, 
Flaws in the Assassin. Incredible book. The thing is with the mad Western magical tradition, they're all they're already on the fringes of of the of societal norm, so they got they got no problem telling the truth about the matter. No problems at all. And they openly say openly say that the European Christians in the medieval era, while in the while on the surface fighting, were fighting the Moslems, the Moors, in secret were exchanging information. <laughs> the Moors were passing them information for safekeeping because they saw their own demise. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So again, in you know, bioenergetics, man. You know, what when we talk about bioenergetics, what we're literally talking about is the operative side of um of the philosophical. So you got the philosophical side where we were being a good person, being able to, you know, be, being able to think clearly, control your emotions and, you know, to be a good moral person. Right. And on right. the philosophical side, that's the end. It's like, OK, I'm being a better person. Nothing wrong with that at all. On the operative side, the morality is important, and developing a high morality is important, but it's a means to an end. We develop right. the high morality as a tool to transform the body. That, that's the yes. other side of that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So one more, let's so, really quick. No, go ahead, go ahead. Quick, go ahead yeah, let me mention this one other book. Um by by um um our brother Professor Rudolph T. Ware. Powerful brother, powerful Islamic scholar. And his focus is on um the you know, Islam in Africa, specifically in the you know, the Senegambia region. And he wrote a book called The Walking Quran. And he details a lot of what I'm talking about here independently about how, you know, the, the, the learning methodology, the Islamic learning methodology in North and West Africa for Islam was a bodily learning. In other words, your flesh had to know it in a right. very real sense. Your flesh had to know it. Intellectual knowledge was not enough. It was literally what the prophet said, if man must know, man must be what he knows. He knows, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And these, I mean, they talk about traditions that still exist today in Senegambia region where the youth will write the Quran. They'll write the Quran out on these wooden boards, and then they'll, after they do it, they're reciting it while they're writing it. They're reciting it while they're writing it. And then, and then you know what they do? They pour water on the boards and wash the ink off and drink the ink. How? Yeah. Power. Indeed. Power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, what you say, because you went into so much, it brings me to, well, there's a couple of chapters, but one chapter I'm going to just touch on is chapter 7. Yes, and sir. I'm, and back to chapter 17. But yes, sir. when you're talking about be what we know, you know, dealing yes, with sir. that three-step ladder, right, mm. of. Yes, sir. The salvation is the ladder reaching from the heart of men to the heart of Allah. Yes, it has three steps. Belief is first, and then we know that faith is next, and then fruition is last, which is yes, just sir. as man himself the truth. You know, belief yes, is what man thinks perhaps is true. Faith is what man knows is the truth. So, yes, sir. 
I'm going to go into, I want to ask you, it's kind of a two-part question. And I may, it may yes, actually sir. be just two questions. But yes, sir. one is, in your in your revelation of this, you come into this yes, um, this realization of what mm-hmm. is in uh, Moorish Holy Quran. Yes, sir. How does that particular um, section um, relate to all these orders? Because we know a lot of these orders are broken down in threes. Because we're going to get into the three <laughs> and seven soon. Correct. And then I also want to ask you about the holy breath as the activating aspect of the application of the operate yeah. of the operative side, as you yes, as sir. you mentioned, what the role these play. So, I, um, like I said, there may be just two questions, but if you can just address the three part wow. um, three step ladder, and then the um, holy yeah. breath. Praise Allah. Well, I mean, man. The the three step ladder is so so it's 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 to me it's power, you know is is in is it's in its simplicity, you know belief faith and fruition that whole you know those three words are incredibly 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 powerful, and so I use this as an example, even with some of my martial arts students because we have to do the same thing, you know or or, or the same thing applies. As a matter of fact, let's put it like this. That formula of belief, faith, and fruition applies universally if anyone were to gain mastery in anything. It, it, right. it, it's, a, it's, it's universal. I'll quote Aleister Crowley. I use this quote a lot. He said it like this. He said, to do something a hundred times, it becomes difficult. To do it a thousand times, it becomes easy. To do it a thousand times a thousand times, it is no longer you doing the thing, but the thing doing itself through you. And only Mm -hmm. then can we say that something is done is done well. (laughs) That's exactly how we put it. It's literally belief, faith, and fruition. Literally belief, faith, and fruition. So, Another example that, that, that I give some of my, my, my students and even my members, you know, many of us have been to those um, multi-level marketing, especially like with real estate. You know, we've been to those, those workshops, paid our money, went, and you see the guy there, he's six foot five, blonde hair, European, Brooks Brothers suit, pinky ring, you know, and he's smiling. <laughs> he can't, he, 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 you know, he can't talk and not smile. You know what I mean? And he sits there and talks right. for four yeah. hours and gives you the whole breakdown of how he was living in a one-bedroom apartment and he was four months late on his rent and he happened to see this infomercial and he spent his last few dollars and here he is now, multi-millionaire, you know, has everything he ever wanted, you know, financially set for the low, low price of $400, you could $499, you could do the same thing he did. <laughs> now, there's like about 50 people in that room, but you are really struck and not just you, but maybe... Ten other people, and so you right. can write the check. Everybody else goes home. In other words, and we all know this is how it happens. Guess what? Right. They didn't even make it to the first rung of the ladder. Belief, and I just want to say this to everybody: belief is not a thought that the mind possesses. 
Belief is a thought that possesses the mind. Mm. That's what belief is. A lot of people belittle belief or believe. I don't believe nothing. I just know. Yeah, okay, sure. You know, it's <laughs> belief is a thought that possesses the mind. So the R. Jones Bay, Grand Sheikah Moderate Moore Science Temple of America Incorporated, said it this way. He said, the Moore Science Temple of America is a thought movement. It's a thought mm. movement. Our work is to make sure we all are moving under and committed to the same thought. When we can do that, the unity, actual physical unity, is a foregone conclusion. We forget a lot of times. We think that the power of the movement is in some kind of paperwork or some kind of filing. No, the movement is a thought movement because man is the thought of Allah. How about that? Right. You know, and the thought, and, and the thought that formed the Morris Science Symbol of America is in our questionnaire. What is the great what is the covenant of the great God Allah? Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be longer upon the earth, man, which the Lord thy God Allah has given thee. In other words, covenant being in a contract, that agreement was made with Allah and humanity. If you do this, I will do that. If you honor your father and mother, mother and father. I will make sure your days on the earth will be long. We're not talking about days as individuals. We're talking about the days of a nation. We're talking about a nation. Because nations rise and fall. But look at China. China is ultra-nationalistic to the point of being considered racist. Everywhere the Chinese go, they bring China with. But guess what? Allah has blessed them with 5,000 years continuous history on the planet. Figure that out. Right. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That that's incredible. So 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 that covenant, you know, that that covenant is the thought that formed the Morris Science Civil America. Why? Because how do you honor your mother and father in name and principle? That's how you honor your mother and father. But guess what? We were incurring the wrath of Allah for four hundred some odd years because we lost that knowledge. So we couldn't honor our mothers and fathers. So the coming of the prophet sent by Allah was Allah completing his promise to us. You see what I'm saying? It was him completing his promise. You got a man that brings you the knowledge of your nationality and the creed of your forefathers. Now you can honor them in name and principle and get back on God's side. Man, that's so powerful. But anyway, back on the thing with belief, faith, and fruition, belief, most people don't even get to the belief stage. Let's keep it a buck. They just don't do it. You know, we it <laughs> they, don't get, they, don't even, they don't even get to the belief stage. They fall before right. you even get there. You know, Ali Esther Crowley said it this way. He said, most people don't have a will. They only have a set of wishes. One contradicts the other, and at death, they all cancel each other out. <laughs> they don't have no will. They just got a bunch of wishes. You know, and so we don't even get that far. So okay, you, me, you, and eight other people pay our pay our four ninety nine in the form of a check, and then we get this whole program on real how to how to become a millionaire in real estate. Now, out of that ten, or, or out of ten of us, mm-hmm. six of us just let it sit on the shelf. So we never got past belief. We never, we never got to faith. But four of us actually went out and tried it. And and, and, and and got a couple properties. See what I'm saying? Got a couple right. properties. So now we're in the faith stage. We know it works. Oh, we're far from being millionaires, but we know it works. Right? 
Now, me, because I got ADHD for real, me and two other people, you know, we said, oh, this is great. And then what did we do? We started putting attention in other places. We didn't stay focused. So now those properties became liabilities. We became slumlords. Now, now we just want to dump them off and just go back to being regular Joes, right? But Brother Shem <laughs> right. was like, nah, man, I did, I did it once. I could do it again and again and again and again and again. And two years later, who's got the Brooks Brothers suit on with the smile? But he got a fez on. He got to begin to do it with the blonde, right? He got a fez on with a smile and a pinky ring. Talking, in other words, he is the multimillionaire. He is that guy now. That's fruition. Right. Right. You know, that's fruition. And that is a formula for mastery in anything. Why is it a formula? And that would get to the other part of your question, brother. Why? Because it mimics and imitates the makeup, the tripartite makeup of man himself. There you go. Every initiatory body, every initiatory body, has three primary degrees. I want to dispel a Freemasonic um, fallacy. There's no such thing as a 28th degree Mason or a 33rd degree Mason or a 32nd degree Mason or, or 18th degree Mason. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. And I'm going to give you an exa- another example. Chapter 1 and Chapter 11 of the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Club of America. Chapter 1 speaks of three planes. Plain of spirit, yes. plain of soul, plain of things made manifest. Chapter 11 speaks of seven planes. Hmm. Right. Now, the question is, are they separate or are they interposed or superimposed on each other? We already know the answer. Yep. Those seven are superimposed on the plane of soul and the plane of things made manifest. Right? So we know right. that. But now, so, so, so when you look at the degrees, you know, like, for instance, you know, York Rite or Scottish Rite, all of it starts with symbolic masonry, what people affectionately call the Blue Lodge, the first, those three degrees, those three. That's as high as you can go. All the other degrees fit within the general philosophical and operative framework of those first three. Gotcha. I mean, ideally, if the third degree is to take you behind the veil where you're no longer subject to the flesh, from the carnal perspective, the time, time has come at that point where you need the manifestations no more, what's higher than that? Right. <laughs> Ain't nothing higher than that. You know, so the other degrees are just are, are more minute details within the construct of the three of the Trinity. So, again, every initiatory body has three primary degrees. Why? Because that's the nature of man himself. Man has a threefold nature. Man has a sevenfold nature. And man has a oneness nature. And it's that oneness nature that we're all trying to, we're trying to meet. We're trying to meet in the meeting places in the heart. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, so that's, you know, in in, in short, that that, that, there's an answer to that question. It's, you know, we have, you know, there's, man has spirit, man has soul, and man has flesh. We did an an experiment. I did an experiment with my members last night, but then it literally just came to me as I was giving praise and honors, right? Because we had some visitors. 
and I said, you know, and I, you know, the visitors, I kind of knew, you know, you know, they, they come from a different idea. They're thinking, wait a minute, this is religious. This dude got a suit on. He got on a fez, and everybody's talking about praise Allah, and they had us pray, put five things on the left and two on the right, and they spooked out, right? <laughs> so right. it just came to me as it, it came to me as I was as, as I was giving praise and I said, we praise Allah. The only one worthy of praise, almighty, eternal, and incomprehensible, yet closer to you than your jugular vein. And I said, listen, we, we, don't, we don't believe in no spook. We don't believe in no spook. I said, I'm going to prove it to you right now. That's what I did. I said, everybody repeat the Moorish American prayer after me out loud. Law of the Father of the Universe, law of the Father of the Universe. So we did the whole prayer, right? I said, now mm-hmm. this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do the same thing, but you're going to do it in your head. So when I say out loud, Allah, the Father of the Universe, in your head, you're going to repeat it. So they did the whole thing. And I said, so now i got a couple questions for you. But first, I want to preface those questions with a couple statements. The prophet said that finite minds cannot comprehend things infinite. Right? Yeah. I said, now, remember, why, why is it that the finite mind cannot comprehend things infinite? Because in the world, in, in the realms of manifestation... You have duality. That's what brings about manifestation. And your five senses are how you gather information on this plane of manifest. Each one of your five senses, all of your five senses, depend upon duality to operate. So outside of duality, they cease to function. <laughs> I said, so here's my question, people. When we did, when we said, when I recited the prayer the second time and you repeated it in your head, Here's my question. Did the voice in your head make a sound? Here's my second question. Did you hear that voice with your physical ears? Here's my third question. Who was doing the talking? My fourth question, who was doing the listening? I said, you have just scientifically proven to yourself the fact that there is a part of you that is outside of manifestation and outside of manifest reality because you mm. said the prayer without a mouth and without a sound, and it was clear. And you heard the prayer, but you didn't use your ears to hear the prayer because no sound was made. <laughs> I said, that's scientific, that's scientific right there. That's scientific. We've just proven to you that not just a part of you is not flesh, but the real part of you is not flesh. I hope y'all taking notes. I just want to let the audience know y'all need to look. I know y'all be able to play this back, but if y'all don't play it back, y'all should have took notes (laughs) and just go over the notes. Matter of fact, just get the book. Get the book, man. I'm going to tell you like, like this, Brother Sharif. I know we're not going to be able to um, touch on every aspect of your book. We like, look, man, listen. What you just we just <laughs> went on bioenergetics, bio- really, honestly. We didn't even touch on number seven, but we touched on seven. We didn't touch on pyramid text. We didn't touch the man. There's other things, <laughs> but look, I want to say this, brother. Um, there was that question asked, uh, so I want to. Yeah. Um, in the chat room, so I want to ask that question, and I want sure. to um, put it in context um, with what we're talking about. A question was asked, 
while you while you was demonstrating how much longer yes, before the Moors reclaimed their position in the world, and if you can put that in context, we'll, um, yes. as far as when we're talking about mastery of, of self. Yes, sir. Oh, absolutely, brother. I mean, you know, <laughs> first of all, that's a, that's a very good question. But before we can at, before we can really address the question, we have to, you know, we have to know what that position was. That's where the history comes in. That's where other things come in. Right. Really knowing the history, and um, I'm I'm preparing a presentation. You know, the the work has already been done. The research has already been done. I'm preparing a presentation that's going to deal with the historical piece of that. You know, you know of of that question. I want to um. Uh, I don't have it with me right now. I, I, I'll, I'll just paraphrase it. I won't go and, and, and search for the book, but I'll give you the name of the book. The book is written by a man named James Reston, and the book is called The Dogs of God. The Dogs of God. Columbus, the Inquisition, and the Defeat of the Moors. Mm. That is the name of the book, right? Matter of fact, right. I want to think I'm going to do I'm posting the link up in the chat right now. Praise the Lord. I think I'm going to get her to run upstairs and grab that book, The Dogs of God. Yeah. But anyway, in the book, it gives this crucial history, right? A big part of our missing history is this fact right here. Slavery did not – in America, the transatlantic African slave trade did not start in 1619 Jamestown, Virginia. That's what's in the history books. That's a bunch of nonsense. The fact of the matter is this. By the time the the, the, the slaves or the the, the African slaves hit Jamestown in 1619, they had already been through the seasoning period where where their actual history and heritage had been pretty much erased. Here's the facts. The first African slaves, quote-unquote African slaves, brought to the Americas were not brought from Africa. They were brought from Spain. You know who said this? Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. Ben, Dr. Yosef Ben Yakin, and he said this. They were first brought from Spain, not from Africa. Why from Spain? Because, and, and you know, as as those who were astute in this time period know, these things were all interconnected. The transatlantic slave trade, the defeat of the Moors in 1492, the formation. Thank you, love. The formation of the first modern nation state, which was Spain. <laughs> all of these right. things. Were in, and, and, and right, and, and the Reconquista, in other words, the European Christians regaining Europe from and ending 800 years of Moorish Islamic rule. All of these things were interconnected. So I'm going to read something. Watch this. I'm going to read something that, if you all are listening, is going to send chills up your spine. Let me find the page. Here we go. All right. In the book, Dogs of God, Columbus, the Inquisition, and the Defeat of the Moors, James Reston Jr., he says this. In the thinking of that time, of the time, with its nightmares of the apocalypse and its dream of a second coming, 
and the so-called Jewish conspiracy or Jewish heresy perceived to be more rampant there than anywhere else. It was believed that the Antichrist would have, make his appearance before the final battle between good and evil. This emissary of the devil would take power and before the messianic king could arrive to confront and defeat him. Okay. This sounds like what? This sounds like what? In other words, these things are being said today. All people look for the Antichrist. They look for the second coming, right? They're talking about a Jewish conspiracy. All of these things are being said right now, and this is in relation to the um, this is in relation to the brother's question or the sister's question. Guess when this was said? This was said in four. This was the the this was the mindset of Seville, Spain, in fourteen seventy seven. Wow. This was going on in 1477. And now here's why this is so crazy. Because a few years later, 1492, what took place? From the Moorish perspective, the apocalypse and the end of the world in 1492. That is the fact. So, you know, the whole question, when are we going to take our rightful place? We got to understand, first and foremost, we have to understand what rightful place actually means, okay? We have to really understand what it actually means. I'm going to read real quick, real quick in the proof of the prologue of that very book, because I want to put these things in perspective for the listeners. Listen to this. It has been suggested that the three most important years in American history are 1492, 1776, and 1865. Of these, 1492 goes far beyond American history. It is pivotal as well in Spanish history, Jewish and Arab history, in world and church history. Indeed, it is difficult to imagine another single year in the past millennium when so many significant strands of history came together and so changed the world in one swoop. Completion of the 500-year movement to conquer the Moors. This is called the Reconquista. The end of the 800-year reign of glorious culture of Islamic Spain. The consolidation of the Moorish or the modern Spanish state. The sinister expulsion, explosion of the Spanish Inquisition. The Spanish Renaissance in art and literature. The expulsion of the Jews. The discovery of the New World and the subsequent division of the world between Spanish and Portuguese spheres of influence. 1492 is a year that can be aptly called apocalyptic, both in the original meaning of the word, as revelation or disclosure, and in its more modern usage of colossal calamity. So in other words, (laughs) the European... Man, where can I go? Okay. What we do, what I just what I just read from you, he's describing. Mr. Reston is describing a time period where the world ended for our forefathers. Right. Now, why this is so powerful is that the prophet taught us in chapter two, right, where Elihu and Salome mm-hmm. are, inst- are instructing Mary and Elizabeth, right? Said we measure time how cycle ages, not, not cycle worlds. Cycle ages. One of the things that the Catholics that the Catholics did with regarding to translating the Bible, the term "end of the world" 
the world, the term world was the, they used was the Latin word cosmos. They purposely mistranslated it cosmos. It was really eon. Eon. Yep. The, the, the Latin word for era or age. Yep. So if you were thinking, I'm going to show you how this works on your psyche. If you're thinking, well, that was the end of an age. Then what do you do? You just sit up and wait for time because it's gonna the circle's gonna come right back around on them. But if you're thinking end of the world, it takes you out of a cycle and puts you on a straight line. That's you see what I'm saying? That's, so that's, that's how our people are yep. thinking today. They're still thinking that okay, you know, they 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 have a very, very they have a um and no disrespect. To any religion I'm not speaking radical on any religious beliefs at all But our narrative brother the, the majority of people in the West Have a very very warped And twisted and infantile Understanding of second coming They believe that you know You're going to see Caesar Borgia's You know nephew or whomever <laughs> You know surf, surfing down On a cloud right. You know what I'm saying and it's, it's just, Oh it's bad it's bad You know they don't get it but what we're talking about is what goes around comes around. That's what we're talking about. What goes around comes around. And and, and so Steve Bannon, there's a book called The Devil's The Devil's um, Bargain. Um, Steve Bannon or, or Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, and the storming of the White House. They talk about Steve Bannon's um, education. And said he was educated in the Western tradition, the Roman Catholic Western tradition, and how they were educated to, 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 to learn and to hold firm to the idea that Western civilization was saved by the Reconquista, that Moors would have continued to rule the world had they not been stopped in Granada in 1492. Why is that so mm. powerful? Because it's that narrative that shapes their politics. In other words, these right. Europeans are not in the least conflicted. They are not in the least conflicted. They are not in the least confused. They know exactly who we are. They know exactly who we are. So they follow me on this. During that time period, what was the social norm? The social norm in identifying people is that if you were Muslim, it was presumed you were Asiatic. If you were Christian, it's presumed you were European. And this went on even into the 1700s here in America, where if you were an Asiatic and you were a Christian, they didn't call you Christian. They called you a Christian convert. Well, in Spain, with those that converted, Moors that converted were called Moriscos, and Jews that converted were called conversos the same thing. In other words, your religious creed was a part of your identity politics. Yeah. This is why people today in 2017, you got a whole bunch of European Trump supporters that will swear on a stack of Bibles that Barack Obama is a Muslim, even though he eats wild pork, even though he supports the LGBT thing, even though he goes to church, because they understand that that to them, Christianity means Christian identity. They get it. Right. 
and they impose the very same thing on you. These guys are not conflicted. This is another reason why the current rise in Islamophobia and the current spike in overt racial hostility are related because they all come from the very same source, 1492. They come from the same source. So that being said, what will it take for us to get back to where we were? Love is what it's going to take. We need to first of all recognize that what 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 happened to us at the hands of Europeans was get back. That's what it was. Right. It was not just right. get back. It was Allah's wrath. If we really want to take it upstairs, it was Allah's wrath. It was just Allah used the European to visit that wrath upon us. Mm-hmm. That's why the prophet said the Moors once ruled the world, now get ready to rule it again. But this time, under love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, which implies what? Last time we didn't. Last time we didn't. We have to refine ourselves. We have to wake up and then refine ourselves. That's what it means. In other words, we got to learn. It ain't going to be information that saves us. Information is a tool right. that people will use. But information ain't going to save us. This is the, the Moore's movement is not no information smorgasbord. We just gather information and have cool things to talk about. What's going to save us is undying love for each other. And what I mean by love is that I have to spend with you because you're my brother. I have to trust you with my money because you're my brother. I have to. I prefer not a stranger to my own blood, even if I can't stand you, even if I, if I, I, just, I despise your guts. I have to do it this way. This is how other people operate. This is how all other civilized communities operate. We have to learn that. Until we learn that, we're not going to get close. We're not going to get anywhere close to our former greatness. And it don't matter how much Mm -hmm. you know. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you say you have. It's how we treat each other. When we learn to do that, the rest is a foregone conclusion. Like like what I, I mentioned and I'll, and I'll end with this. I mentioned yesterday in the Holy Day meeting, you know, the prophet said that we cling, our people daily are not living the life, and we cling to the names and principles that delude the slavery. And whenever you say that, our people look at, look at you crazy like, man, I ain't no slave. Okay. It says the names and principles. We already know about the names, Negro, black, and colored. But the principles that come with those names, what is it? I asked my members, I said, what does a slave do? They said, work? I'm like, yep. I said, now, do they do all the work? They said, yep. I said, do they receive any of the benefit? They said, nope. I said, oh, who receives the benefit? They said, slave master. I said, but the slave master do the work. They said, no. I said, okay. Urban music sales accounts for 33% of world music sales annually. 33%. If I had 0.1% of that, I'm a billionaire. Right. But guess what? (laughs) We do all the work, produce the music, you know, it comes out of our brilliant imaginations, and who controls mm-hmm. the money? And we give it up smooth. The crazy yeah. part is, before YouTube, you know, before YouTube, you know, during the mixtape era, first of all, we already know that we don't buy no albums. We don't buy the music. It's a European no. suburbia about buys the music, right? But before YouTube, right? They would risk life and limb to come to the hood and buy what you think is hot. So you still had the power. You determined what was hot. And we gave it away. That's what slaves do. That's what slaves do. You see what I'm saying? I said, so, you know, until we learn to love ourselves enough, enough, 
to control what we produce and make sure it benefits us before it benefits anybody else, then we ain't going nowhere. You know, right. then unity is just a cool idea. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be stepping over the bodies of our children talking about we want to build pyramids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, brother. Yes, and uh, I want to say that the, the uh, person who asked the question uh, came back yes. and said, will you bring the speaker back? The teaching is great. So obviously oh, we answered the question. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I'll just ask you, um, if time permits, will you, would you be willing to do a, a, a part two? Absolutely, brother man. You're my brother, okay. of course. Well, I Absolutely. Yes, I, pre- yes, I appreciate you, brother. So uh, we're going to yes, work sir. on that schedule. There you have it. But I want to talk sure. on this because I, I didn't want to lose this point. Um, go ahead, bro. Because I know, I know we, the, yeah, we, we just, there's just so much we can go into. The holy breath. Yes, yes. want to talk Oof. on the holy breath <laughs> in, in relationship to the application. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, um, the application of mastering ourselves. I know that you are um, a martial artist. You, um, you've been. When did you start martial arts? Just, just aside. Oh no man, question. I started no training. I, I started training. I was introduced to the martial arts by my father at age four. I, um, I, we broke up all types of furniture in the house until he bought me <laughs> lessons for my birthday at age five. So <laughs> I've been doing martial arts since age five. <laughs> Praise Allah. Yes, Praise sir. Allah. And I already know you know about breathing techniques, the, yes, sir. the chi, the key, yes. all of that. Yes, sir. And I want yes, your your take on this because, as we know, in our Morris questionnaire, um, the questions are asked, yes, what is truth, truth is art. What is art, art is a yes, law, sir. can truth change truth, can I change no pass away? Can I change or pass away? Holy, Holy breath. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. In application well, of that, how did it? Yes, yes. Sir. Yes, sir. Go no, go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. I was listening. No, no, no. Go, go in. Just, get, just demonstrate okay, what, no what, doubt, no um, doubt. Well, the application well, of the Holy breath. First, let's talk about there's – there's so many directions we could take this, and I want I wanted to explore two of them. The first one I believe you're alluding to, right, um, the science of, of what we would call breath. Now, when we say Holy breath, Let's just be very, 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 very clear. We're not talking about general breath when we say holy breath. What we are talking about, and this may sound weird or mystical to people, but to certain people, even in the medical field, they know exactly what I'm talking about. There, There is in the air you breathe, in the air you breathe, there is. Um, energy. There is, and, and and I don't even like using the term energy in a sense. There is the s. There is an essence of life that you bring in to your body. Okay, and um, what we call it? How can I put it? What we call it in. Um, Actually, you can find it in chapter five, chapter twenty-five of the Quran of Moses, Science of America. You have the children of one father provided for by his care, and the breast of one mother is given you suck. But the, the the secret is actually right in that verse. The secret is right there. So in martial arts, 
in martial arts, when we're, when we're talking about this type of training, we're talking about training the energetic body. The energetic right. body gives rise to the physical body. In traditional Chinese medicine, an acupuncturist, right, if you had a personal acupuncturist, he would get mad if you only came to him when you were sick. Why? Because the imbalance that causes the physical symptoms can be detected before the symptoms manifest. Right. So they can fix it. The right. idea is you go see your, your, your acupuncturist when you are well so that they can maintain radiant health and they can, and they can, they can correct imbalances before they cause damage to the physical body. Now, that being said, in Chinese bioenergetics, there's energy that comes from the top down and from the bottom up. There's a very important energy point on the body. It's on the sole of the feet, in the hollow point of the feet. In Chinese medicine, this point is called the bubbling well point. This is the point where yin or earth energy rises up into the kidneys. And then there's another very important point. This point is at the crown point of the head. This point is at the, at the crown point of the head. It's called the eight meetings point. Now, there's also another very important point as it relates to breathing, and that's just in the mouth. Where, where, where in the mouth is where um, what we would call positive and negative meet, and it, they both meet at the base of the tongue. So you draw in heavenly energy from the fa- fatherly energy from in the mouth, and you draw it down. While standing, you pull up motherly energy from the earth and you combine it in the alchemical crucible. The alchemical crucible is, about, is, is the space in the body about two inches below the navel. Though for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is also another understanding of the three um, symbols that you see in Freemasonry of the compass, the square, and the G. So, and you with hope. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead, brother. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say. So you're um, two inches below the navel. So you're speaking of the Dantian. Is that correct? Am I that's correct exactly, in saying that? Or, that's exactly what we're speaking of. No, now right. let's let's, let's make it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now let's make it real physical for everybody. Because again, we don't. You know, I don't want to make this. I don't want things to be. I'm a firm believer in operative work, operative work, practical work, not something that just sounds cool to say. All right? So let's talk about the Dantian. Let's talk about this energy, energetic battery that you have in your body, right? A basic battery like the Baghdad battery that they found that, they found that exists thousands of years ago in Baghdad. They found these clay jars with, 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 with these things inside of them, right? And, the, and, and how the battery operated was you just put water in the jar. In other words, to create a basic battery, to create a basic battery, you need layers of highly conductive material in between layers of material that's poorly conductive. And what do you put in between the layers? Water. Now you have a battery that can store and release an electric charge. All you have to do at that point is charge the battery. Well, guess what? Your large and small intestine are miles long, as we already know. 
the mesentery and the material of the large and small intestine is literally layers of highly conductive material, flesh, and layers of poorly conducted material, right, with water and fluid mm-hmm. in between them. It is a huge, gigantic battery sitting in your gut. That's literally what it is. And through different types of exercise, breathing, other exercises, you can charge the battery. And it can hold and keep a very strong charge. I've just demystified the whole, you know, Qigong thing, you know, you know, internal development and building the energy in the Dantian. That's literally what you're doing. Right. But through 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 other practices, like one in particular stand like with standing meditation, if you know what you're doing and you have proper instruction, you put you you're pulling energy up through the soles of the feet into the Dantian, and then the breathing you're pulling energy down from from above into the Dantian where they mix where they mix, and God said, "Let there be light, and there was light." You see, and so that's one of the aspects of holy breath, right? And let me show you how it relates to the second thing that I'm going to speak about. Now, remember, you know, the, the, the symbolism of the hex alpha, the six-pointed star, as above, so below. So you have something coming down and something coming up. And where they meet is where you have manifestation, where you have what we would call physical life. Now, when they separate, that's what you would call what? Physical death. But here's the thing. Both energies still exist. They're just not interfacing. Right? Now, right. Now, how does this, now this relates also to, to the whole Trinity thing, wisdom, will, and love. Wisdom speaks from the highest plane of spirit life. Love is the primary creative fiat or primary creative fate for John, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. In other words, world meaning manifest creation, his son meaning what Allah's own presence within his creation. That is the miracle. That is the mystery. How can something almighty, eternal and incomprehensible be put in the space of your heart within creation? But then here's the even greater mystery. What is the means by which the ineffable is manifest in the world? What is the means? That is will. When will of man and will of Allah are one, the resurrection is a fact. Now, what have you to say about holy breath? Answer? All we can say it is great, it is good. Was it is and never more. The key thing that I emphasize in here is all we can say. (laughs) Right. That's the key part. It's a mystery. Anybody who's gone to church, when they start talking about the Holy Ghost, that's when things get super duper spooky. Right? Mm -hmm. They get super duper spooky when they start talking about the Holy Ghost. You talk about God the Father? Okay, yeah. God the Son? Oh, Jesus. We don't say that, though. We don't say that right. that Jesus that that God the Son means Jesus. Period. Right. But guess what? Neither does the Bible. In Romans first chapter third, first through third, the third verse, 
the Apostle Paul says that Jesus was born the seed of David according to the flesh, but declared to be the Son of God with power after the resurrection according to the Spirit. So in our questionnaire, it says, who were his mother and father? Answer, Joseph and Mary. That is a secret teaching. You're not supposed to know that. You see what I'm saying? And there's, right. there's a reason why I'm going. There's a reason why I'm going here with this. There's a reason why I'm going here with this, right? God the God the Son. The phrase God the Son refers to the Islamic Khalifa, Surah Two, you know, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, al- al- you know, the cow, where Allah says to the angels, "I'm going to create Khalifa in the earth, generation after generation." Khalifa means successor, meaning himself inside his creation. And then he creates the man, teaches the man the nature of everything in creation, and then brings all the creation in front of him, including the angels. Then he asks the angels, tell me your names if you're truthful. And the angels say, we know not. All we know is what you told us. And then Allah says to the man, inform them of their names. You have just now found out how an angel who has no will Stronger enough to disobey Allah Now all of a sudden does Man did that <laughs> Man did that right. Blame that on Allah Man did that Man informed angels of, of the angels of their names You see what I'm saying So, And then yeah. Allah commands all the creation Including the angels to bow to the man That's crazy So God the Son Is an eternal Dynamic Jesus of 2,000 years ago was just the personification of God the Son. You see what I'm saying? He was a personification of it. He rose to that. And and that's another part of the blessing that the prophet gave to us with those 18 missing years because now we get to clearly see how he did it. We get to see indeed, how he indeed. did, and so that's that's powerful. Now, now this is the second piece that I wanted to bring into the the whole um, holy breath thing. Here we go. Allah is Almighty, eternal, and incomprehensible. The universal Allah is wisdom, will, and love. Right? Cannot be encompassed. You know, He's everywhere. He's beyond duality, which means your senses cannot perceive Him. Finite minds cannot comprehend things infinite. It doesn't mean you can't experience it. It does mean that you right. can't speak on it. <laughs> it does mean it does mean that you can't put it in a box and categorize it. That's what it means. But now watch. Now you have his presence, Allah's presence in the world. Right? The greatest example right. of this that we have besides Jesus is who? First man in Act Two of the Divine Constitution and Bylaws, the very first mm-hmm. man, as Jesus said, the work of masterminds is to restore man's lost heritage to get back to where first man was. So those are our examples. Now, so we have the earthly examples of the dynamic called God the Son. Right. Now right. here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question: Is there? An example or in a an earthly representation for the holy breath mm. is there right you see right. what I'm saying 
and 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 so now the now before I even get get into answering that, right? Let's go back to what 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 took place in 322 A.D. with Emperor Constantine, the Nicene Council, and the and and the Roman adoption and the Roman adoption of 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 of, of Jesus' teachings into the and, you know morphing it into their own ideal, right? Remember, it was put together for their earthly salvation, which means that they that that they had to make sure ours went down, our ideology, our worldview went down. This is why you had groups like Opus Dei and you had other groups, part of the Catholic part of the Catholic hierarchy, whose purpose was to seek out and destroy and erase all memory or connection. Of Jesus to his offspring <laughs> Wait a minute Jesus had children Jesus had offspring Well for him to have offspring He had to have been what Married right Right Okay How many of our people know About ancient Palestinian Or ancient Hebrewdom During that time period What was Jesus title Even in the Bible He had a title It was what Rabbi, right? Right. right. Well, what's one of the, what's one of the pre, what's one of the prerequisites for being a rabbi? Being married. Got to be married. Got to be married, right? Now, in part of their tradition, part of the one of the traditions, especially during the wedding feast, a major part of the tradition is that the groom is responsible for everything, especially refreshments. So Fine at the wedding. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly, brother. Exactly. Now, we have in our questionnaire, right? It says, where was yep. he born? Jesus, right? In Bethlehem yep. of Judah in the what? House, house of, David. of David. What does that mean? A house is a dynastic clan. Jesus was not some poor dude, poor, you know, poor, poor son of a poor woodworker slash constructionist who was born in a manger. That was not Jesus. Jesus was a somebody. Right. He was part of a dynastic family. These are things. See, our prophet brought us back our whole narrative of Jesus. So we can now follow the breadcrumbs. So, so. He was part of a dynastic family. Well, guess what? There were no other dynastic families vying for power. And during that time period, how did you gain power? Warfare, commerce, or what? Marriage. You married into another family. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, there was another Indeed. dynasty called the Hasmonean dynasty. Who was, the, was one of the leaders of the Hasmonean dynasty? Herod was. Well, there was another branch of the Hasmonean dynasty vying for power, too. And since they missed their opportunity with one side of the family, with Herod, they sought it another way. They married into another dynastic family, and it happened at Cana, and it was Mary of Magdalene and Jesus. Now, let's go back with this Jesus thing real quick. Jesus. Now, now before you do that, brother, before you do that, yes, I'm, I'm going yes, to yes, I, I want to stop to – to address um, the chat, if you're in the chat, yes, sir. Um, because this is a two-hour show, 
it is going to um, is scheduled to end um, at nine o'clock, but we will stay on a little longer. However, if you are on the chat, then you would have to call the number. So I want to give the number out. Uh, the opportunity to call in is area code five six three nine 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 three seven three eight because after the two hours are up, the only way you'll be able to listen to this um, live will be on the phone. So I just want to give that one out. Um, I know that there are actually some questions that I asked. Um, yes. Let me see. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm just going to go. Give me one. There's actually like five, four questions, I believe. Um I'm just going to go over there. Um, where are the terms more, more Germanic? I mean, where are the more, where are the terms more, more prevalent? And more, the first more is M O O R, last one is second more is M O H R, and the second question, which I think is pretty much a follow up of the first, is are the terms more, more Germanic? Um, then there is what does one know from self? And the last one is Morocco, formerly known as Maghrib, which was Morocco, Algeria, um, Libya, Tanzania. Um, okay. I'm just all those, good, those all, are questions that were posed. Yes, sir. All good questions. Let me let me I'm gonna let me speed up and get to a conclusion with this other one about Holy Breath. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. The, um. You know, what is the significance of the marriage of Jesus and Mary Magdalene? The significance as it relates to the question, the significance is that first and foremost, it happened. Secondly, it's been vigorously suppressed with death and destruction by the Catholic Church. Why? It's not so much because of Mary herself is the person. It's because of what Mary represents. Mary represents the spirit of God. In other words, love made manifest being permeated or the earth being permeated by the spirit. This is a very, very, very deep Gnostic. We just say Gnostic only in the sense that that's how it's popularly known today. The fact of the matter is that the Gnostic tradition was always a part of medieval Islam. That is the fact. Okay. Now that being said, um, hold on. That being said, the whole the whole ideal and knowledge of Mary, she is the embodiment of holy breath and its function, meaning. Jesus being Jesus making his sacrifice, right? Via the holy breath, that sacrifice now, in other words, the power of the coming of the Son is in the earth. Now it has it, that power is now accessible to everyone, meaning you can't stop the second coming. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This is this right. is what that means. 
This is what that means. But if people knew that, if it was part of common knowledge, the European Roman Catholics would not have been able to get that thing off the ground. Now, right. chapter 18 gives us this very deep secret, page 29 of the Ground of More Science of America, right? Where he says, right. and the, you know, the masters of all times and times he met, and in the great assemblies he stood forth and told the story of his life on earth and of his death and sacrifice for man, and of his promise to clothe himself again in God with flesh and walk with his disciples just to prove the possibilities of man, to give them the key of life, of death and the resurrection of the dead. In council, all the masters sat and talked about the revelations of the coming age when she, the holy breath, shall fill the earth and air with holy breath. There you go right there. This is an right. old and very deep Gnostic secret. And why do I say secret? Is because they were getting their heads knocked off left and right by the Catholic Church just for knowing it. And here it is, our prophet mm. put it to us in plain language right now, Holy Quran. Crazy. So the whole Magdalene story gives us a drama in understanding the timeless ideal or the timeless dynamic of holy breath. The means by which Allah Almighty, eternal and incomprehensible makes himself known in the world. That's why all we can say about it is this is great. It is good. Exactly. You can't say nothing else. You can only experience it. Indeed. That's a, that's an excellent breakdown of the Holy Breath. Excellent, brother. And um, so let me see. We got some time. Maybe about, yeah, like I said, it's, it's winding down. Again, if y'all in the chat, you may want to get on the call. And, uh, yeah, again, that number is 563-999-3738 if you want to get on the call and listen to it live. Um. So with that being said, um, if you want to address those questions, I want to um, definitely, definitely want to get on. Yes, sir. I definitely want to want to first touch on the whole um, thing about more as far as spelling M O R M O H R and all that other stuff. I want to first, first of all, it's a great question. Whoever asked the question, thank you because it gives us an opportunity to to clear up some things. Okay, I want to familiarize you all with a term called Romanization. It's kind of funny because we were just talking about chapter forty six, but um, Romanization. Is the, is the linguistic process in English by which a word that doesn't have an English equivalent or a word that comes from a language that does not use letters familiar or similar or phonetics similar to English. It is the means by which we can transliterate that word. Let's take elixir, for example. Right? Yeah. There are, you know, if, if you see Arabic or the Aramaic, they, they don't have letters. They, they, they don't have letters that look like English letters. So I can spell it A L I K S I R, or I can spell it E L I K S E R, right? Mm-hmm. That's called a phonetic transliteration. In other words, to put simply, because that language does not have letters that you are familiar with, right? Or it may not even have letters at all, like Chinese or Japanese or Korean, right? 
You are spelling it the way it sounds. Right. You're spelling it the way it sounds. So you've got M-O-R, M-O-H-R, M-A-U-R, N-A-R. Take your pick. None of them really matter. <laughs> okay? So you don't, I don't want people to get caught up in how it's spelled in English and where did it come from. Was it Germanic or this and the third? Nah. It was spelled that way by Europeans later based on what they heard, not what they saw written. There were no people in North Africa or West Africa or East Africa or Southern Arabia using letters like M-O-N-R. But they were saying the name. So let's take Strabo. When Strabo goes into Mauritania, first century BC, and he uses the term more. Why? Because that's what he heard them call themselves. He didn't invent it. As a matter of fact, Strabo actually said that. Strabo in his writing said, Yeah, this is the word, this is what they call themselves. There we go. But I want to again, you know, you know, just just put on the minds of the people what's called a phonetic transliteration. In other words, it's spelled the way it sounds. So there's many ways you could spell it. It doesn't matter as long as it sounds the same. I, here's an example of English trans, phonetic transliteration. W-E-A-T-H-E-R, weather, as in the weather is bad. Or W-H-E-T-H-E-R, weather, whether this or that. There you go. Sounds exactly the same, but spelled different. You see? You have it, and so and and so yeah, and the whole Germanic thing. So hopefully that answer to the first question answers the Germanic question. What you're talking about is Europeans. Remember, we're still all under European psychology. Most of us that consider ourselves scholars don't even let's just keep it a buck. We don't. Our sources are largely European sources. Why? Because we ain't real scholars. I'm just keeping it a buck. We ain't real scholars because we don't speak other languages. How about that? <laughs> How about that? You know, you know. Shout out to my brother, brother Reggie. But in a, in, a, in a conversation we had before the debate on April 10th, we brought up, you know, he brought up, you know, he tried to say that it was ridiculous to think that Africans were here in America before slavery. And I'm like, what? And so we brought up the expeditions made by Mansa Abu Bakari in the 1300s. Right, right. And he literally said, well, they didn't have the technology. All they had was riverboats made out of tree trunks. That's what he said. Clearly, he had not checked in with the actual Mali scholars and historians who wrote about it extensively. (laughs) Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, if we're really about our scholarly game, why did the prophet? What did the prophet tell us? The prophet said the language we need to learn most is Spanish. He didn't say Arabic. He said Spanish. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Find over two thousand Spanish words that are actually Arabic words. And it shows the historical connection between Moorish rule Spain and Spain. There you go. Or the Moors in Spain. You see? 
That's it right there. If we're really on our, yes, sir, if we're really on our scholarly game, we'd know Spanish. Because then we could crack some books and really get some history. Then we could be like Dr. Ben, who spoke Spanish. We could be like mm-hmm. Dr. Ben, who was like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, the forefathers of the African-American are Moors. Recently, my brother and our comrade and Ali's been, but our web bay was in a store. I'll tell the story. I don't think he'll mind. He was in a store recently and buying food and and um, had a, struck up a conversation with a Lebanese brother. And I guess it started over his feds. And so he said to the Lebanese brother, no, I'm a Moorish American. He said, what do you mean? Mo- what does that mean? He said, no, Moorish American, descendants of Moroccan, born in America. And the Lebanese man didn't even bat an eye, brother. He said, oh, yeah, the African-Americans are, are, are descendants of them. The ones in, so he said, Africans said, no, in Spain. He goes, oh, Spain, yeah. He said, the African-Americans are their descendants. Just like that. Right. And, and they, know. Web, they were shocked. He was shocked. Like, what? He goes, how do you know that? He goes, oh, yeah, we study that. How do you know that, though? <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Yeah. Everybody knows but us. That's, that's it. Everyone knows that's but it. us, brother. Everyone knows but us. There you have it, it, brother. It is crazy. Brother, um, (laughs) we have a question. Um, Yes, sir. If someone raised their hand on the the board, uh, I'm going to let the person come in and speak, um, ask their question or give their comment. And this is from the 912 area code. Um, Welcome to Masterminds. Brother Shamel, you're on the air. Islam, Brother Shamel. This is Jira Moore. I've been running through computer and phone. Islam. And uh, Islam to Brother, um, I've uh, Anil Bay or Sharif Bay. I've been watching, I've watched you for a while. Um, In fact, I loved watching you hunting down Dr. Reggie. That was fun. (laughs) I was also just starting to get my uh, feet wet in the Moorish uh, paradigm. Um, Just want to let you know that uh, what you did tonight, with my listening, for my just listening to things, you brought 50 plus years of my research together. And I'm talking about the the little nuances of it. I, and I appreciate yes. that much. I already bought your book and the Praise book you God. recommended. So <laughs> thank you very much. Beautiful. Shamel. Islam. Thank you, Brother Shamel, for bringing this on. I'll listen to it again if I can get the recording. Peace. Thank you, Brother. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> yeah, that, that's beautiful. It just lets you know that this this information that, you know, we're bringing yes, in, sir. this is more science yes. in, in its fullest, and it's powerful because, as we were saying earlier in the beginning of the show, how more science really puts, you know, the pieces together. It puts all the pieces yes, together. And when you have, yes, um, you know, when you study this, you know, and, I, and, brother, you already know, like, the years you put in, you're talking about the 90s. You know what I mean? So now, <laughs> I mean, just 
we're just scratching the surface, y'all. That, that's the, that's the fact of the matter. We're just scratching the surface in this conversation. Um, yeah. And since we still have people on the line still wanting to listen, we're gonna we're gonna continue on. And if y'all get, but, we're gonna continue me, on until y'all this. get tired. Let me yes, say sir. this, brother man. When you said scratching the surface, I put in a you know a significant amount of time and energy and study, and and more importantly, not just study, listening to the clues of the elders. Praise the Lord for the elders, man. I mean, you know, some of the elders are difficult. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are just stuck in certain ways. But if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here, period. We wouldn't know this stuff, period. Right. And more so, we wouldn't have gotten the jewels that would get set our, put our minds in certain directions to look for certain things. You see? Right. And so praise the Lord for the elders. But anyway, we put in a lot of time and effort. You know, a significant amount of time and effort to learn different things. But I'm going to tell you what's so crazy to me is that right at the all at every single time when I'm like, wow, I just made a huge breakthrough. I learned something big. Come to find out, it's right in our Quran, which means mm-hmm. that when I consider it, when I look and, and the doors open and the light blinds me, the first thing I'm able to see when the light dims a little bit. Is the prophet's footsteps in front of me clearly cut? I mean, he was already there. Yeah, that's the thing to me that is just amazing. You know, amazing. It's amazing. Like, yo, he was already here. You know, yeah. so so it was so literally. We're we we scr- even now with our dig our deep digging. We're scratching the surface. You know what I'm saying? We're scratching the surface. Right. We're we're we're, we're, we're catching up. We're playing catch up to where the prophet was in 1913. Indeed, you know? indeed, yes, sir. Yeah, we are, we are, we definitely are. And um, I mean, the way everything ties together. I want to get back to your book. I want to, I want to touch back yep. on the book because, I mean, while while we have the opportunity to get on it, sure, sure. And um, so we're gonna. I, I want to touch on because you really, I think you touched on um, pretty much a lot of what we was in the description, but I do want to touch on the pyramid text. Now, you yes. have a whole section in your yes, book sir. on the comparative analysis yes, of the Circle 7 and the pyramid text. So, um, yes, sir. if you can just give us a brief overview on that. Let me, I'll start with, like, if, if you have, you know, if those of you that get the book, You'll see in the very beginning of that particular chapter, it happens to be chapter seven, but in that particular, in, in that chapter, um, it's called Comparative Analysis of Chapter Three of the Holy Quran of the More Science of America and the Pyramid Text of Yunus. And I, I put a picture um, of the temple at Saqqara in the picture because the Pyramid Text of Yunus, that's where it was found. It was found at the Saqqara location, right? Now, that should hold specific significance to us because that is where John the Harbinger trained and learned for 18 years. Now, before I go any further, let me just say this real quick. There's a very, very, very powerful and famous mystic by the name of G.I. Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff was a very powerful Islamic mystic. Okay, and he began his studies by reading certain texts, 
and they talked about in these texts ancient locations where people, you know, where, where let's say priesthoods and secret orders <clears throat> met. And, you know, he had a little bit of money, but he had a lot of drive. And what he did was that he went to these places. He actually packed up and went. And that's what began his journey. So we've got a number of locations, literal locales, written about in our Quran, right? We've got the Acropolis in our Quran. We've got Heliopolis. We've got Saqqara. We've got a couple of others, right? And right. so we've, that's, that should tell us we've got some very powerful stuff in that Quran. Very, very powerful. But anyway, you know, the, 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 the pyramid text of Yunus was written, I think, 20, yeah, 2345 B.C., right? What I have in the mm-hmm. book is a section of it in the actual language and then the translation and then commentary. And the reason why I put it together, brother, was because, again, this was during that time period where we were preparing for the debate with Brother Reggie. And so one of the things that's leveled at the Moors and the Moors Science Symbol of America is they say, oh, we all say, you know, y'all, y'all, liter- y'all, y'all say that y'all, the Moors are the custodians of the ancient Egyptian mystery system, an ancient comedic mystery system. Y'all don't got no ancient comedic science. Y'all don't have no comedic science, right? And the reason they say that, sadly, is because we're not using, you know, um, comedic Godhead names like you know like 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 right, right. you know and, um, you know what I mean that and, and we're not dressing yeah, exactly. like them or whatever so 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 you know I made it a point to to demonstrate oh yeah not only do we have the ancient comedic comedic teachings not only did the more not only was um um oh, what's the man's name he wrote the book Stolen Legacy uh G- George G M James. George G.M. James. Thank you, brother. Not only was George G.M. James correct that the Moors are the custodians of it, I'm going to go on record to, stick, to go even further and say that the members of the Moorish Science Temple of America are custodians of the ancient comedic mystery system. Right? And that's what I, I demonstrated. I, I, I sought to demonstrate was that it was a comparative analysis between Chapter 3 of the Old Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America and the Pyramid Text of Unas. So the pyramid text in a number of places is literally talking about Allah the one, Allah the three, Allah the seven. It's talking about how, you know, um, higher self and lower self. The pyramid text is talking about these things. And, right. man, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to me, you know, that it's that clear. The prophet just put it in such a language that a fool will find it hard to go the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and I mean, other things are talked about in the pyramid text as well, you know, that not just deal with, with, um, that not just, that don't just deal with, with, um, the triune Allah that don't just deal with, right. um, um, higher self and lower self, you know, you got what they call, you know, time primeval or infinite duration, right? Mm-hmm. 
that is a time that that is a point where time doesn't exist. Time never was, and that's the first thing that we're taught in our, in, the, in chapter one. Time never was, or man right. was not. That is a deep initiation. Just to think about the phrase "time never was, or man was not" isn't an initiation. Why? Because you're forced to see yourself outside of time. And as we demonstrated earlier, the only part of you that's outside of time is your spirit. Yep. The only part that's outside of time is your spirit. Because we're talking in chapter one that the souls and bodies of men are finite things. Finite things. There you go. So those things are subject to time. Of course, time doesn't exist on the soul plane the same way it exists on the plane of manifest. Right. But it exists. But on the spirit plane, time doesn't exist. And for you to even contemplate the phrase, time never was or man was not, puts you in your higher self. Yeah, facts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yes, that's, uh, that's what inspired uh, that particular chapter. I was, I was I was literally preparing for the debate, and we were like, "Yeah, you know, we gonna, we, we definitely got something for them with this one." <laughs> we were literally like, "This one's gonna shut every mouth." When we could do a a, a, a verse for verse comparative analysis between the Pyramid Text of Unas and Chapter Three of the Holy Quran of the Morris Science Temple of America, that will shut everybody up. Brother man, I I, I feel kind of bad even saying this. I, and this is no this is no personal tech on Brother Reggie, but I mean it was like it was like Mayweather versus uh, <laughs> what, what, what's the first <laughs> what was the dude in that little um, that boxing game Bazooka Joe? What was the first dude that you could knock out back in the day? Oh, uh, you oh my goodness. It was just bad. It was just no comparison. It was like, look, it was like, I can't even go. It just wasn't, no, nah, it wasn't, it was no comparison, man. And uh, uh, shout out to Brother Reggie. If you're hearing this, we love you, brother. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I tell you, brother, no I'll tell you ahead of time, well, we, you know, that whole situation, you know, that whole situation. We knew ahead of time two things. The only way they were going to win is if they got us out of our element, they got us out of our higher self, they got us off away from our five principles. We know that's the only mm-hmm. way. You know, and, and right. the, the other side of it is that we knew this because they didn't even know the topic. How can you accurately debate? How can you adequately debate a topic you don't know anything about? That's right. It's like, yo, they don't even know the topic. So, you know, we 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 took it as we said as a learning opportunity, as an opportunity to teach, and yes. an opportunity to present the Moorish movement to that community, um, in a responsible way. That Absolutely. that that was it. And you did now, just you know, win, win, praise the Lord. Win, lose, or draw. And again, that was you know, and yourself was included. That wasn't. That was not. Brother Sharif and I obeyed doing that. That was an Ali's men thing because you you already know we prepared for that. And I say we yeah. did. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the Ali's men Facebook board be, 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 became a re, became a, a, a research center. <laughs> Indeed, Indeed did. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we, it yeah. was crazy, but 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 it was a beautiful thing because of what came out of it. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, we made history. <laughs> 
And I want to. Yes, um, there's another brother or, or, or sister, another caller on the on the board. Yes. They raised their hand, so I want to let this person come in and um, sure and give their comment or their um, or their question. This is area sure. code eight four three. Um, yes. Greetings, greetings. Can I be heard? Islam. Yes, Islam. First of all, who else but the good doctor could put such a <laughs> platform together? Who else? Who? Who? The owl, the owl of our ancestors say, who? <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Yes. Uh, I just love it, man. I just love it. I just want to thank you for being you, man, and, and your empress, man, your empress with you, man, I tell you. Y'all are such Praise a portal, man. Y'all just support. Y'all are such Praise a big portal, man. It's just like those dual black holes out there in the universe, man. Y'all, y'all do what y'all do, you know. Yes, sir. But to your <laughs> to, to to your guests, man. Um, you mentioned that that brother, that dude Gurdjieff, right? Yes, sir. That's in that's in the book Meeting of Remarkable Men, right? Absolutely. I've been telling people about that book for years. And every time I drive to tell them that, they think about that movie with Sean Connery. And, you know, <laughs> on, on, <laughs> and I try and tell them. Yes. But anyway, my my question is. Yes, sir. Isn't it interesting how so much goes on in, in Turkey? Yes. 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 Because that's, that's there... one of the places. Just like you, just like you mentioned, how you got that information, I forgot what you were speaking on, and you mentioned two authors of books back then. Um, and you were speaking of alchemy and things of that nature. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother, no, no. Won't you? Could you repeat your question again? No, I was, I was just gonna, I was, I just wanted to paraphrase that in reference to the oh, yes. people call themselves Jews. See, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's so many things, man. So many things marinating in my mind right now. Because prime example. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Somebody introduced me to a YouTube video about Rabbi Abbi, uh, Rabbi Abby Finkelstein. He talks about all the things that those so-called people call the Jews have capitalized yes. on, and it's evident even right. during the time of um, we became prisoners of war in this landmass. Even even them same yes, people were there, and they capitalized on that. You know, yes, sir. but I really just wanted yes, to speak on that book, man. Uh, I mean, that information in reference to Turkey and how much brother, things went on there. And yes, brother. Can I, share, can I share a couple things with you as it relates to that? Please. Again, again, you know, our literature, the prophet gave us three pieces of literature, Divine Constitution, Bylaws, Holy Quran, and More Science of America, and the Quran Questionnaire. These pieces of literature literally shape our thinking. That's the point. They're not you know, in and of themselves, research material. What they are are the material that shapes our thinking. They create the Moorish worldview. And from that worldview, you now are directed where questionnaire. The question is asked, um, when was the head of Satan taken off? Answer, 1453 Byzantine. By who? By Muhammad. Why is that important? Is because that was when the city of Constantinople was taken. What's so important about Constantinople? Constantinople at that time was the the the, the transition point that marked east from west. 
in the known civilized world. It was the gateway to the East, and as a result, it contained both. It was such that's why it was a powerful piece to own. So there was so much going on. It was the convergence of Eastern and Western thought at Constantinople. As a matter of fact, it was the capture of Constantinople that gave the Moors direct access to China and to and to a number of other things as well. You see what I'm saying? And so that city today is called what? That's Istanbul, Turkey. Now, I'll, I'll throw this at you, too, which you probably already know. The Nazi party, this might get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Nazi party was a political party, as we already know, but the Nazi party literally grew out of an esoteric order called the Thule Society. Well, the Thule, and, and, and again, they kind of hijacked it from the originator of the Thule Society. The originator of the Thule Society was a man named Sabatendorf, Rudolf von Sabatendorf, who had fought in World War I. He was an Austrian national, right, and was connected to Jewry that in these, in, in these this particular Jewish family were Freemasons. He traveled to Istanbul and was initiated in the Batashi Sufi order. Mm. He traveled back to Germany and founded the Thule Society. And later, the Thule Society formed a political wing called the called 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 yeah. It formed a political wing, and that later morphed into the Nazi Party. Now you know why the Nazis the Nazis were so connected with esoterica and so connected with the occult. This is why. Awesome. Awesome. The man's name was Rudolf von Sabatendorf. As a matter of fact, you can still get his book that he wrote. He he wrote a book on Islamic Freemasonry. Oh. Yep. Yep. You know the name of the book? Uh, hold on. Just I can just Google it. Okay. <laughs> I can Google it. Yeah, you can Google it. Um, yeah, Sabatendorf. Matter of fact, I'm on it right now. Sabatendorf Freemasonry. The name of the book is called The Practice of the Ancient Turkish Freemasons. There's also another one called Secret Practice of the Sufi Freemasons, the Islamic Teachings at the Heart of Alchemy. At the Heart of who? Alchemy. Alchemy, wow. Wow. That was going to be my next question I wanted to ask you about uh, Sufism because uh, it's something that's been kind of calling me lately is uh, Sufism. Yes, and I know it's different. Like they have the dervishes out of Turkey, but... Uh, that, that is the spiritual side of Islam. Is is Sufism, right? Sufism. Well, well, let's just put it this way. And again, you know, you call it a shameless plug for the Prophet Noble Drali and the Moor Science Temple of America. But the actual term Sufi comes from the Arabic word Suf, which means pure. It implies mm. pure. In other words, in other words, watch this. Pure meaning absent of cultural tainting. Now, when you go back to the Moorish Guide, when it talks about the advertisement about the Moorish, or the, but the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America, you read and you'll you'll hear you'll you'll read where it says that it's a difficult to divorce a religious teaching or religious writing from the culture that produces it. 
and it said every effort has been made to do so with the with, with the writing of this particular Quran. Now, now think about it. When you look at the Holy Quran, the more signs of America, only chapters forty five through forty eight speak of anything Moorish. Everything else is clear of cultural color. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So in the purest sense of the word, no pun intended, in the purest sense of the word, our teaching is Sufi teaching. You see what I'm saying? Yes. In the purest yes. sense of the word. We're not a Sufi circle. We're not Sufism per se. But in the purest sense of the word, our teaching is Sufi, meaning it's universal, meaning it can plug into any culture. Meaning, with but but now but but now remember, the cultural heritage piece is important because Surah forty nine verse thirteen of the Quran of Mecca says, "Surely we have made the old man from a single male and female in the nations and tribes, that you may know one another and not despise the other." In other words, while we may all be one in faith, we are not all one in cultural experience, and the only way we are going to apprehend and utilize the one faith is through our cultural experience. That's why we cannot practice the Arab way or anybody else's way. We have, a, we have and must have a Moorish American expression of Islam. You see what I'm saying? Truly. But, wow. but be, because we have it in a pure form, we can see it in everybody through everybody else's culture. We can still see it. You see what I'm saying? It was for this reason that Islam during medieval times, before the Reformation and all that other stuff that happened in the Middle East, it was for this reason that medieval Islam was known for religious tolerance. We weren't looking at your practice per se. We were looking at the core of the truth inside your practice. So, the, I mean, the prophet, man, he was something else. I got to tell you, <laughs> this guy was something else, man. You know, even if we don't want to take it as he was divinely prepared, then you are forced to look at it as he was ridiculously connected. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes indeed. Sir. He was he was connected. But see, it, it's actually refreshing, brother, that you know about Gurdjieff. I'm going to share one more thing with you about Gurdjieff. Hitler, in his book, Mein Kampf, which means my struggle, he, again, remember, they studied a lot of esoterica and a lot of psychological stuff. So there was um, Frederick Nietzsche. You've heard of Nietzsche, right? Mm-hmm. Nietzsche, yes. you know, had his concept of the ubermensch, or in other words, the superman or the new man, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Crowley mentions the new man in, what, in Magic Without Tears, and he says, the word, you know what he called the new man? He called him the man of earth. Sons of the soil. This is what he called him. He said the worst thing they could do to the man of earth of the sons of the soil is what they're doing to him in America. He says basically oh. unfitting him for his evident purpose, that of providing, of providing the world with super men. That's what Crowley said. Now, in Hitler's book, My Struggle, I'm quoting him. He said, I have seen the new man. He is cruel and intrepid, and I was afraid of him. Well, all of my, you know, um, you know, occult order and esoteric order historians, right, 
my contact there, they all unanimously say that Hitler was talking about yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's powerful. That's powerful. Yes, sir. I, yes, man, sir. you shed you shed so much light on things, man. I really can't marinate with nothing, man. You know, right now I just gotta you know keep this record button on in my mind and just let you go ahead and do what <laughs> yes, you're doing, man. You know. <laughs> yes, sir. Ooh. Brother, I yeah, appreciate man. you, brother. I mean, you know, it's you know we all we all are seek we all are seekers after truth, brother. You know, we all are. So, you know, what I don't have, you have, brother, man. You know, so I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate, I I appreciate just the fact that you even know Gurdjieff is, brother. That's dope. Amen. <laughs> spirit life's the way always, man. Just like what you're speaking to is is being obedient to spirit, man. And you'll you'll get those jewels, keys, and uh, feathers for that crown or whatever the you know term may be, man. That's I love and appreciate you, man, and keep shining that light. Yes, the light the part too, you know. Praise the Lord. I love you too, brother, man. Thank you very much, man. We are one. Yeah, too, brother. Yes, doc. Yes, brother. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. And as you, yes, as you, you can hear, brother, the, the listeners on this show, they be on it. Yes, sir. Yes, be sir. On it, definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely be on it. And uh, yes, I like what you said about Sufism because, you know, just the teaching in more science that higher self is a law and man, that's fundamentally a Sufi teaching. Yes. So we, yes, you were just on point with that. And it's, it's beautiful that we're touching on these points. Um, man, man, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, um, I wanted to ask you a question. This is what I wanted to ask you. I wanted sure. to throw a name out because you mentioned about a lot of these um, these men who were, were into these high sciences, into these um, societies. I'm going to throw a name yeah. out that you put and went into in your own book, um, yes. P. B. Randolph. So you know, how, yes, you know, sir. I had to go there. We had a conversation about the brother, um, yes, some some time ago. And before I do that, yes, I want to um, read from page ninety three. Um, as we yes. know, P. B. Randolph uh, was a brother here, um, born eighteen twenty five, passed away, passed form in eighteen seventy five, and he was yes, recognized sir. as the first public uh, Rosicrucian in America, and um, he actually taught uh, Madame Blavatsky, you know what I'm saying? Yes, so yes, sir. That, that's facts. So with that being said, I want to read this, um, this excerpt. This is an excerpt from his book, um, The Ansaritic Mystery, and it says, quote, that's right. Darwin, and, yes, sir, Darwin and his abettors are mistaken. The immortal soul of man is not never was developed from any stage of monkeyhood. And libel God Almighty who affirms it. The eternal spark within us and which never dashes except when the loving female brings to her feet the loving man in their mutual infiltration of soul in the sexy death of both was created by Allah God himself billion of ages ago in the foretime and finds its human body only when the passion opens the mystic door for it to enter the man. Through him, the woman, through her, the world. Through them, 
the spaces, and through it again, Allah God, not as a drop of an infinite ocean of mind, but as a being in the heavenly hierarchies. Mm. And I just want to stop there. So I want you to um, give your your demonstration on that and how that ties in with the more science and what um, Prophet Noble Dray Ali taught us. Yes, sir. All right, brother. See, you... (laughs) I had to do it. Wow, okay. (laughs) Okay, well, let me start with this with P.B. Randolph, with Pastor Beverly Randolph. Um, And then we're going to do something kind of special. That's actually in the book, but I want to explain it in more detail on the show. What you just read was an excerpt from the book, The Anseretic Mystery. And that was written in the 1860s. Now, the crazy part is he mentions Allah God repeatedly. Yes. That is not a typo. That is not an addition. That is not something that was added in. That's exactly from the text. That's exactly from the text. It's crazy. Now, I'm going to throw a couple other things at you real quick about PB Randolph. It's very interesting. And what it's going to lead to is the identification of a pattern of behavior or a pattern of phenomena. Here we go. October 4th through 7th, 1864, that was the end of the Civil War. It was coming to a close. Everybody knew how it was going to end. They knew the South had lost pretty much. So the questions that faced America were two number one questions. Number one, what do we do with the South? Number two, what do we do with the Negroes? Hmm. During that time period, there were a number of key Asiatics that were recruiting Asiatics, Asiatic men to fight in the Civil War. Not because they cared so much about the Union winning or the Confederacy winning. They did it because during that time period, during that time period, a major thing, a major component for recognition of citizenship and equal rights was manhood. And in that time period, the Asiatic man, the quote-unquote Negro, by that day's sociologist and social scientist, the Negro was considered feminine, even below the European woman. So Hmm. the rationale was that they could show that they could fight alongside, kill and die with any other European male that they could demand the right to equal equal citizenship and equal rights because they demonstrated manhood in the most extreme way. Now you also know why Europeans were not trying to let Asiatics fight. That's why. Right. Now, that being said, P.B. Randolph was one of the major recruiters and, and organizers for this effort. So what do you have here? On one end, you have a man that reportedly, according to some esotericists, was also the esoteric instructor for Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, yep. This, yes, and it, it's actually fact. It's an actual fact that they met on a number of occasions. That we do know. But this man was opening and teaching schools for Asiatics in the South, in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1864, October 4th through 7th, there was a group of over 500 Asiatic leaders and men that said, you know what? We're not going to wait to see what happens to the Negro. 
we're going to decide for ourselves. And they did so. They formed a convention of colored men in Syracuse, New York, downtown Syracuse, New York. Guess who was the keynote speaker? P.B. Randolph. In his speech, brother, he accurately to the year predicted Martin Luther King's march on Washington. Actual fact. We have the speech. But now, now what, what is the pattern here? The pattern here is deep esoteric knowledge on one end, involvement in fringe politics, or what would be considered fringe politics on the other end. Right. Who else carried the same pattern? Prophet Noble Diwali. Prophet Noble Diwali, so that's it. Pattern. So we see a pattern. Now, back at the beginning of this show, we talked about gematria, which is a form, which is a tradition inside Kabbalah whereby you can analyze the numerical value of words to see a common um, or deeper understanding or connections between words or ideas that may not seem to have a connection on the surface, right? Yeah, right. So we could take the word love and we could take the word will. On the surface, they don't seem like they have a connection. But in the Hebrew Kabbalah, in the Hebrew numericals, alphanumeric system, both words equal the number 93. You mentioned page 93. It was kind of interesting. Yes, sir. So page 93, so the number 93 on a deeper level, using our words or our nomenclature or terminology, we would say on the plane of soul, the mm-hmm. essence and the true sensation and the all of love gave birth to both of those two manifestations on the plane of manifest. You see what I'm saying? Right. So there's a connection right. on the higher plane between those two words. And so we can literally, via this method, study and analyze non-physical phenomena. Mm-hmm. The aim of religion, the method of science. You see what I'm saying? And so gotcha. it's been, so we could see patterns. In the same speech, P.B. Randolph, watch this. In the same speech, P.B. Randolph spoke about the sons and daughters of Africa are at home in America, that their flesh is made up of the very elements that American soil is made up of. He said this in his speech. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. gonna, brother, this one's going to, this one, what I'm about to tell you now is going to knock your head off, Mo. In, in his um, um, writing for his order, it's called the Triplicate Order of Ulysses, Right? Yes. He gives, he gives in this or in this um, writing the the structure of his order, the structure of it, and what's so interesting is that it almost reads like a will, last will and testament, right? Yeah. In, <laughs> I hope you're sitting down. So in his order, he has what's called Grand Lodge and Cornerstone Lodges, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and and what what manages the Cornerstone Lodges is an administration. Guess what it's called, brother? The Supreme Grand Council. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop, brother. I will take a brother. I will take a picture of it and send it to you, brother. The Supreme man. Grand Council. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now watch on, this. Now. In a in a particular English Kabbalah. In a particular English Kabbalah, right? English Kabbalah system. Um, 
I did my own investigations years ago into different words, and I looked up the one of the first ones I looked up was Drali. I just picked Drali, right? It equals right. to the number seventy-two. The number seventy-two. As a matter of fact, this is also a page in the book. It equals yes, to sir. the number seventy-two, right? And mm-hmm. seven. Matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, if you look at page ninety-one in the book, right? I see it right here. Yep. There we go. The number seventy-two also yields the word vine. Okay. Vine, as in John fifteen one, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Jesus is talking about himself. In other words, vine is talking about the pattern that everybody talks about when you have all these different crucified world saviors, and they try to say that that means that Jesus plagiar is just a plagiarism. No, for those that are in the know, validates Jesus as being in line with the authentic tradition. Right. What's more important, the pattern of the personality? The pattern is more important. So when you see Drali equals 72 and then it also equals the word vine, it, give, it gives you another insight. Oh, okay, yeah. We say that Drali is Jesus come again. Makes sense. But we can see it intelligently, not the physical Jesus of 2,000 years ago that comes again. You get it? Right, right. But the That's same amazing. love thought manifest in flesh comes again in the same tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And then the whole phrase seventy-two fold lion, which which is which is which is also pretty interesting. But guess what else? The number seventy-two yields. It yields the word Randolph. Wow. What does that Great. show you? Does it mean that that does it mean that the prophet Drew Ali is Randolph reincarnated? No. It means that there's a connection between the two words, hence we can expect to see similarities in their lives. And that's exactly what we right. see. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. Indeed. Now, yes, sir. Y- you said vine. Now, that brings yes. me to my mind, um, chapter 47, where it speaks about <laughs> the vine and fig tree. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. The vine, right, is dealing with the saving power, right? Mm -hmm. Or or, or it's dealing with the the everlasting gospel. What is the everlasting gospel? It's the saving power that comes where? From Allah through our ancient fathers, meaning the genetic memory, the genetic memory that comes from being connected to our ancient mm-hmm. fathers. That's what it means. Right. That's why the prophet is quoted as saying, I have mended the broken wires and connected them to the higher powers. Right. And that's what it that's what it means where the European is so deathly scared. You right. being connected with Islam or you being connected with this history of your forefathers. Because once you're connected, once you've made the connection from the spiritual perspective, you know this, brothers, because you, you, you're skilled at this. You, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure the readers do too. When you've made that connection, you have now become a conduit whereby your forefathers can express themselves through you. Yes. Yes. That is literally at six with us all members must proclaim their nationality. And comprehension, right. as Dr. Cornell West said, that comprehension is not a requisite for cooperation. You don't got to know everything about the nationality first. Just do it. 
right. make it known. When you right. make it known, you are now able – now your forefathers are able to download themselves into you. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's it. Look, what you just oh. said just threw some – opened up some code. Now, I want to build with you. We're building right now, so I'm shooting back and forth, Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. You yes, you sir. you mentioned about our ancient forefathers. Now, when we talk yes. about chapter forty-seven, verse yes. ten, it says, "What your ancient forefathers were, you are today without doubt or contradiction." Or talked about or contradiction. You talked about yes. um, the wires, so it automatically made me think of DNA. In order for our, our ancestors to speak through us. And being the conduit, you said earlier about religion being integrated in our culture. So, Mm. so Mm. just follow me, and I know you're there with me. So, in reality, going to chapter forty-eight, where it says, "Therefore, we are returning." Verse seven: Therefore, we are returning the church and Christianity back to the European nation, as it was prepared by their forefathers for their earthly salvation, while we, the Moorish yes. Americans, are returning to Islam, which is founded by our forefathers for our earthly and divine salvation, tells yes. me that within, you talked about the conversion, in the conversion of us into Christianity, the conduit yes. was distorted, was Absolutely, blocked brother. in a way Absolutely. where our ancestors cannot manifest or express themselves to us. It's like strange doctrine or being in a strange land, as they talked about in the Bible, being wow. in a strange place like that. It's a code. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, it has yes. to be something. And you talked about, you know, being in, practically being in Islam as a child, hearing at age yes. seven. So it was really coded in your DNA. Likewise, yes, all of us. That's yes, why. You know, we have always, you know, you go through the history and since Prophet Noble Ali, our ability, and you mentioned it before, it was automatically known that to be Asiatic was to be a Muslim. It's already right. encoded in our DNA for our ancient forefathers right. to express ourselves and manifest that because in reality, you're tapping in to that which leads you to your higher self. Correct, <laughs> brother. So, I mean, you, you just, man, you just, brother, you just brought it to me, man. I, I, I'm really happy that you put it like that. The conduit that says it all. That really says, that says it, it all, all brother. It, 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 when, when, when we were cut off, when we were cut off like that. You ever okay? You ever been around somebody? This is this is crazy, and I and again, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking. And I just want the listeners to understand that I'm, exp- I'm, ex- I'm describing things that are only talked about in certain secret orders, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm explaining it yeah. in a way that the, non- that the non-initiate can get it. You ever been around people or been around somebody you didn't even know them, and it was just something about them that hurt you to the point where you almost mm-hmm. physically react. You just go, ooh, and you can't be around yeah. that individual. Okay. Right. That is your soul, like, reacting. Like, that's your soul reacting. There's something, and it, yeah. and, and, and it happens subconsciously, in a sense, you know, or, or outside of or below the attention of your conscious mind. You can't, your conscious mind can't put a finger on the why, 
you know, or, or what's going yeah. on, but you react nevertheless. That, in other words, what, the way we say it in certain orders, and it actually it's said in chapter one this way, the way we say it in certain orders is this, is that you're giving off your soul or one of your more rarefied bodies is giving off a particular odor that is reprehensible mm-hmm. to hmm. others. Right. right. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. that that's what man the prophet gave it to us in chapter one. He said what the the, the spirit plane is the ethers of, of the the spirit of the of the soul plane is 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 nothing but the ethers of the spirit plane vibrating not so fast. And in yeah. this vibe, lower vibration, the essences, yeah. the odors and the perfumes and all of love are made manifest. Right. Yep. So that being said, that being said, when we got cut off, we were giving off the identity, the names, the labels, and the principles attached to those labels affected right. our soul to where our souls gave off a reprehensible order, odor so that all those, wow. including our own people, back away. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And so yes. when the plot reconnected, see, this is another thing, too. Watch this, right? And this, this is said in the conscious community a lot, too. And even though it's not, it's not said a lot, they definitely feel this way. One of the things that comes across, especially April 10th, was, that, was this. Man, y'all boys, y'all think y'all better than everybody. Look at y'all in y'all suits. Look at y'all dressed up. Right. This is what was said. Like, y'all think y'all better than everybody. That's the, but watch right. this. That is the odor given off. It's not that we're arrogant at all. It's literally you put that fez on, that pin on, that turban, and you say, yeah, I'm not legal black and colored. I am telling the truth. I'm going back home and honoring my mother and father in name and principle. And it almost happens immediately. You know, those wires are reconnected, and certain things are being downloaded into you. There's a certain Moorish persona. It just right. is, right? Oh, grand body or whatever, man. You walk with your head high, man. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> it's just what it is, man. And, and and others see it now. They may interpret it different or they may interpret it as a bad way only because maybe they don't feel that way about themselves. But now at the same time, look back at what your forefathers did. We ruled the world. We fed the world. We owned the trade routes. We ran the trade routes. We said, come on. What kind of person do you have to be to be able to do that? You are somebody. You know what I'm saying? You run things. That's what you do. Yep. So, That's so, we're, so what people are feeling off of us, no, most of us are not even aware of it. Let's keep it a buck. We're not even aware of it. It's just the fact that we plugged into our, to, to our forefathers. And so now that very same energy is coming through us now. Like, we might right. have two nickels to rub together, but we look like a million bucks, don't we? It's just what it is. Yeah. And because we look like right. a million bucks, we feel like a million bucks. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's, That's right. Just, That's just what it is. That's just what it is, man. And it, it's just, man, it's a beautiful thing, man. And so um, there's a, a, a brother, he's very famous. Um, he practices one of the West African Yoruba traditions, and um, his name is Maladoma Somme. Maladoma Somme is that guy. You hear me? And he does right. readings. He's world famous. He does readings all over the world. Like, you know, he, he's, he's serious. He wrote a book on ritual. 
the book is called Ritual, and he talks about the importance of ritual. And this is what he says. He says, ritual reminds us of our obligations to our ancestors. They are still mm-hmm. with us. So we have to care for them as if they were still here in the flesh. When we cease or forget ritual, we cut ourselves off from our ancestors and from a spiritual and in other respects, we are literally lost. No direction. No no access to older experience. And then we are inflicted with punishment by them and by outward circumstances as a result. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what does that sound like? Cha- chapter 4. Men comprehend it. Sounds like chapter 4, brother. We are solving the life of ceremonies and forms. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. Come to Allah through ceremonies and forms. That's right. Right. So when we, when, 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 when we join all Muslims all over the world on a holy day, you know, and keep it a buck with you since we hold our meetings in the evening. We join hands with with the, with the other brothers from the Abrahamic side, you know, from the Abrahamic tradition, who practice Sabbath. You see what I'm saying? When we all when we all get together doing the same thing at the same time, man, that's honoring our forefathers and our mother and our foremothers in name right. and principle. You know, that's that's right. that's opening that portal. By which, by, by which, the, see, when you hear the so-called orthodoxy say on Juma is when all the angels come down and, uh, you know, come down in the, and, and, and hear the prayers of, of the faithful. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to argue with that. But see, our prophet taught us that it's the Holy Day for Muslims 